the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Welcome to this week's edition of Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, attention, attention, attention. Today's going to be a very good show. I'm telling you this right now. I know it's going to be a very good show because of who my guest is today. There was a lot of questions unanswered during the campaign of uh, 2022 for in the Republican primary for governor. Well, I actually been reaching out with my next guest throughout the entire campaign, and and he promised me then, after the, he said after the election, you'll be the first stop that I make. I, and he, he said, you know, don't worry about it. I'm going to come into the studio, and I'll, you guess what? You'll be able to ask me. I said it right, Aaron. You'll be able to pose any questions you want, and I'll answer them. I'll even take calls. <laughs> so today is going to be a very good show. Um, as you know, during, the, during that election, I took a lot of heat because I would take up for my next guest from time to time. And I was told that I lost all my principles. I lost all my morals. I'm no longer a Republican. I'm no longer a conservative because I'm willing to have a conversation with a person who was running for office. That person is the 59th mayor of Aurora, Illinois. Mayor Richard C. Irving, he's also a former prosecutor. He served time for our country. Um, he's somebody that's, um, I'm sure there's a lot of questions, and I've, I've been doing my homework. I have a ton of questions. My other guest hosts that are in studio have a ton of questions. Mayor Richard C. Irving, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, how you doing, brother? It's good to be on with you. Man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. And as you guys know, you know, a resident of the show, <laughs> the troublemaker himself is in studio as well, Verlon Galloway. Welcome, brother. How's it going, man? And last but certainly not least, anybody knows this guy. <laughs> He's the township supervisor of Palatine. Highway, highway commissioner. commissioner. Forgive me. Forgive me. Highway commissioner, former lieutenant governor candidate, along with Gary Rabine for governor, Aaron Delmar. Greetings and salutations, friends. Good to be back on the show, man. We're excited to be here. I got my former opponent staring me eye I know. eye over here, man. I know. It's going to be exciting. I got a lot of questions. I, I think. I think. <laughs> I think that the, the the listening audience has a lot of want, want a lot of answers. You know, um, one of the things. But one of the first things I wanted to do was right out because um, Richard, I I actually met you back in I believe it was two thousand and seven. 
Jim Oberweiss connected us. Uh, I was at the time getting ready to become a Kendall County Sheriff's deputy and things of that nature. And Jim Mobile says uh, I was working his his congressional campaign at the time. And he says, I got somebody you really need to meet. He, uh, he said he's a Republican um, from Aurora. I believe you were just uh, the alderman at alderman, the time. Yep. Um, and he says, you got to meet this guy because I really think you guys are hit it off. We met. I think we were met at somewhere in one of one of his events. And it was I was like, whoa, that dude is that dude is sharp. And so I always told people on this show, when I first met you, I was introduced Richard Irvin as Richard Irvin, the Republican from Aurora. Um, throughout, throughout this campaign, you, I mean, I've saw the names <laughs> that some people called you. A Democrat, a crook, a liar, all these different names that people called you. What I wanted you to do to come on this show was to address a lot of the questions, or some of the questions that were, that were never answered. Uh, I know people are listening. I know people told me, don't take it easy on him. Uh, if you ever listen to this show, you know that I, I, I love conversations. I love to have fun when I do this show. Uh, although uh, most of the stuff that we talk about today will be serious. I also want us to have some fun as we go about the next two hours or three hours or however long you're going to stay, uh, Mayor. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to it. But I, I think the first question, the first question I want to pose to you <laughs> is... Who is Richard Irvin? And why should the people of Illinois get to really know who Richard Irvin is? And despite all of the other um, people who were trying to define who Richard Irvin is, who is Richard Irvin? You, you know, I, that's a good question. And the only way for me to answer that is, is to think back to look, answer that question by who I think Richard Irvin is. And when I look, look at myself, I always look at myself as that young man that grew up in low-income housing with a, with a single mother raising my brother and I, just trying to get by every day, who had an opportunity to get out of the hood and get out of the, the, my environment, my circumstances that pulled most of the young men down that I grew up with, that they ended up selling, you know, on drugs, selling drugs in and out of prison, and some of them ended up dead from gang violence. And I was able to make it out after graduating from high, from high school by the skin of my teeth, by joining the United States Army and serving our country which was one of the greatest experiences I ever had in my life serving our country, you know, which also gave me the opportunity to, you know, use the GI Bill to go to college, which first went in my family to go to college. And then when I went to college, I, I recognized that I was much more intelligent, or at least after being in the Army, much more committed to focusing on the importance of education and decided, you know, something crazy, and I want to be a lawyer. Now, I told my family that I wanted to be, I wanted to be a lawyer, and they looked at me like I had a third eye on my head, like I was crazy, because we're from the hood. We're not doctors, lawyers, yeah. and such. You know, you just, you should be happy that you went to college, not just get a job. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 I want to I wanna follow this dream. Now that I've, I've been empowered with recognizing that it's a possibility, you know, I, I want to do something more. So I became a lawyer, then a prosecutor, then opened my own business, a block down the street from where I grew up in low-income housing, a block, one block, same exact street. I used to ride my bike there when I was a, in, in that in that parking lot when I was a kid, and now I had a law firm. Uh, from, uh, growing up uh, from low income housing, you know, rural housing authority, with lawyers that work for me and secretaries that work for me, and then I decided, you know, I want to give back and get into public service. And as you pointed out, you know, I, I ran for I ran for mayor actually the Correct. first time in two thousand five, two years before I met you. Lost that race, but I didn't want to give up. Yeah, I ran for alderman two years later. That's when I met you. Not long after, I uh, won my first term as alderman. And then when given the opportunity in 2017, I was elected as the first black 
mayor of the city of Aurora in a 180-year history. Wow. The first minority of any kind. So the we, second largest city in second Illinois. Second largest city in the state of Illinois. And so when you ask me who I am, I always look at myself as that kid that grew up in low-income housing just trying to get by and survive. One, yeah. one or two nappy-head kids running around getting in trouble. They just have the opportunity to make it out because, you know, I, I, I made the right choice by joining the United States military. Yeah. And, and you know, when I, as I look at the campaign, I, I, I said on this show, Valon was witness to this, I said, every time I hear Richard, uh, Mayor Irvin speak, I've seen, it feels to me like he's conflicted because I never had heard you stutter ever in my life. I've never heard you. I, I don't think I've ever heard you stutter. And when you, when some of these hard questions, abortion, Trump, when these questions would come up, I'm like, something's not right. And I, it, it almost felt like the campaign wanted to go one direction. Richard Irvin wanted to go another direction. A- am I off on that? Uh, it, it seemed like you were handcuffed, my yeah. friend. Well, That's, you know. let me say this. And, and, and Aaron, you know this, man. When, when running for office, you, you try to stay on message, you know, on point, and try not to get off that, you know. So my natural intuition, you know, uh, as a lawyer and a person with a gift for gab is just to tell the story, right. tell the whole story, tell sure. what, what's on my mind and what I'm thinking. But I also recognize for that I've got to stay on message. You know, and I can't deviate from that message because that becomes a whole different story. And then we go down a path that I don't want that, that, you know, my that I or my campaign team don't want me to go down. But but I'll say this. A lot of the reasons why I was upset about it. And I, I think the media failed here is because, you know, the media is asking me all these questions about ideology. And we never even got to talk about policy. Right. And what I actually do in Aurora to, to change, you know, the face of Aurora and all the good we've done. You know, for the first uh, first term I've been there. Matter of fact, we've done more economic development and more growth in Aurora in my first four years as mayor than other mayors have done in forty years. All yeah, but that's mayors. not but hot. Really. It's not sexy. Nobody wants. Nobody to wants jump to on that. that. But right. that's what Illinois needs. Right. You know, if we're if we're, we're not we're not uh, electing a governor because of his ideology. We're electing him because we want a person that's actually going to get things done. That's going to reduce taxes, reduce crime, reduce you know all the issues that that affect us. The corruption. Right. That affect us and hold us back. And, and the media didn't want to talk about that. They wanted to talk about Trump. They want to talk about abortion. And whenever they asked me that question, I immediately got to tell you the truth. The reason I started because got I, defend, was, I was defend, upset. Yeah. I'm like, why are y'all asking me these questions about ideology? Yeah. But, but, and I think, do you, do you understand why? Because the Republican primary, this is, this, this is, the media knows this. And what they were trying to do was build that confliction. And I think one of the, and one of the ways they do this is to ask those questions about abortion. Um, did your team? Oh, you. Yeah, we got to go to break. But <laughs> this is what I hate when once you get get good into a conversation, the breaks come in. Uh, but but I want to I want to talk about um, as far as that that campaign because I, I know I run for office. I know I know how 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 the, how the media operates. They want to make sure that especially if they if they consider you a threat to the establishment or, or going after taking out J.B. Pritzker. Which they did. They, they definitely did. They definitely thought that about you. But when we come back from break, we want to let's get let's dive more into that. Absolutely. Because I, I really believe and, and I got to say this. When you said, let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. I salute you for that. I really do. And I and I really appreciate that. You listen to the black and white radio on AM560 Answer. I'm John Anthony. We got Rich, Mayor Richard Irvin in studio. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. We've got a good, great guest in, in the mayor of Aurora, Richard Irving. Uh, i got my buddy, the troublemaker, Valon Galloway himself, and Aaron Delmar 
former lieutenant governor candidate who can't go anywhere, can't even go to McDonald's anymore. <laughs> but 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 um, Mayor, one of the things that immediately I think people sniffed out right away when it came to your campaign, I call it Genie Ives 2.0. When you look at, and, and a lot of the same players that were in that campaign with Genie and Rauner all, were also a part of your campaign. Um, when, when the Republican voters, if, you, if anybody knows what happened with Genie Ives, they... They sent out all these mailers and ads and stuff to Central Illinois and Downstate Illinois right. and um, basically made her Madigan's puppet and called her a Democrat and all and things of this nature. And I think one of the things that you, your campaign did, they did the same thing to Darren Bailey. I think the, the misstep was I don't think people really understood the momentum that Darren Bailey actually had and how he had been running for governor for two years prior to and he stood for the people when no one else was willing to do it. Was that part of the, the campaign? And looking back on it, would you have done something different with, with that aspect of trying to label? And then the DGA came in on top of that. And then people said, oh, yeah, see, we, I knew it. Irvin is part of the Democrat um, um, Party. This is why he's, he's colluding with the Democrats in Pritzker. Was that part of it? Well, I, I will say that, that hindsight is twenty twenty. And there are a lot of things that, that I would that I probably would do a little bit differently. And, and let me just tell you, so I've, I've, my campaign team was probably, in, in my opinion, um, one of the most very most talented folks I've, I've worked with, you know, in politics since I've been involved for the last almost 20 years. And, you know, many of them who I had just met over the last uh, six, eight months while I was involved in the gubernatorial campaign will probably be friends of mine, you know, probably for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I I do think that we use a playbook too much and didn't capitalize on who I was and who Richard Irvin was Agreed. as a person and what got me to where I'm at today. Agreed. You know, you don't you don't come from you know low income housing to the military to prosecutor to owning your own business, you know, to mayor of the second largest city unless you do something a certain way. And and we didn't do it the way that I normally do it. So if I had to do it over again, I, I would do it my way. And, and and let's be clear, you know, I'm I'm a, a Republican. And we'll talk about that, you know, my, my mm-hmm. Republican credentials. I'm mm-hmm. a Republican. I'm a, a, a black man in the Republican Party. Simple as that. Yeah. And yeah, I have to do things differently. I have to talk about my opponents differently. For example, you said Darren Bailey had been had been campaigning for two years and he'd become the champion of the people. You know, it, it's difficult for an African-American man in the Republican Party when I'm relying on, you know, other white people pretty much to vote for me to come in and and, and challenge the people that they view as their champion and say negative things about him. Right. So the playbook was to send out the negative mailings and talk, you know, talk about, you know, that he lo- that he likes Barack Obama or that, yeah. you know, he he raised taxes when he was on the school board. Voted for Joe Biden. Right. Voted for jo- voted for voted for might have voted for Joe Biden. You know, it, 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 it's part of a, a playbook and a campaign that might make sense for a different candidate, yeah. but it didn't make sense for me as an African American or a black candidate running as a Republican. Uh, well, so let me chime in here. Let me ask you this, right? So, you know, this is uh, a question I've always had, right? We're running in a Republican primary. So when the media asks you about your issues on life, when they ask you about Donald Trump, right? And, and then we say, well, that's not fair. Well, I, I disagree. I think that's a perfectly fair question, right? Because we are Republicans. Donald Trump was one of the most yeah. uh, famous presidents the Republican Party has. Had. He's very still popular today. Correct. So if, if people ask you, like, hey, are you a, a Trump guy or are you a not a Trump guy? 
you got to give them an answer. You got to have, have, have an, an answer, answer ready. Now, you, you, some people are going to like it, some people aren't. But when you ask, are you pro life or are you not pro life, you got to answer that question because, yeah. look, I want I want to know. I'm a primary voter, even though I was a candidate at the time. I want to know is this guy with Trump or not? Right. Is this guy pro life or not? Because that's going to affect the way that I vote. Correct. See, but that, and I but I think that's that's wrong though. See, in, in my opinion. Uh oh, here we go. Let me, let me tell you why. Sure. Now, you could ask me if I'm pro life, and I've been and I'm, I'm pro life. Right. I'm pro life. I've been saying that you know since I ran into since I ran for mayor in 2005. But, you know, when we start talking about Trump and do you support and endorse Trump, he's not the president anymore. You know, and and, but the, but yes, and, and, and if, for, for us as a Republican Party, if we're going to actually talk about policy and what we need to do to fix things, whether it's in America or in in Illinois, it can't be about a personality. It has to be about our ide- ideals and our principles. But when and our principles can't be based on one person now. When 87% of the Republican Party support Donald Trump, and they ask you a question, do you support Donald Trump, and you you don't either, one, don't answer the question, or you say no, you're going to lose some voters. But but, but let me tell you this, but if if, if our whole conversation when I'm running for for governor to fix things in the state of Illinois is whether or not I like Donald Trump, and that's our whole conversation. When do we start talking about what I can do to fix Illinois? Well, those two issues aren't mutually exclusive. You can talk about, yeah, like, hey, you know what? I like Donald Trump. I like low taxes. I like better government. I like See, that's what I would done. And, 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 and then and, I would say, I don't like the tweeting. And, I like and, whatever. And, and, and then and move I, along I, down I, the next and, and you're right. And you're right. If I had to answer that question over again, I'd answer it like this and like how I really feel. You know? Well, answer I, it. And, yeah. I, and I'll, I'll yeah. answer right now. Look, I like Donald Trump. I like Donald Trump's policies and the, the sure. Trump administration's policy. I like the fact that he lowered taxes. I like the fact that he supported uh, our men and women in blue, the police officers, military, and law enforcement, right. the military. I like the fact that he created opportunity zones, put economic development in areas that needed most. You know, that matter of fact, you know that is a all of that has benefited right. my city greatly. But I, I, I can do without the rhetoric. Right. Well, 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 I, I wouldn't I, want to be his business wait, partner. Sure. Well, I wouldn't want wait, him to date uh, my on, daughter. On, I mean, on. yeah. Go ahead. Well, what I want, I want to respond to. What everybody's saying. Go ahead. Right now, what's going on in our party is the purity test first. Exactly right. So, so, and you're not going to get beyond that. There, and you got the hardcore wing that's that's really taking control of the party. So you got to answer where is your values, where is your principles. Then you get to policy, and that's just the way it is. Now, I just want to respond to that first to Go sum ahead. up what everybody's saying. But what I want to say to you is, you know, me and a lot of the listeners fell into a category of ignorance because I don't know you. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know you now. Yes, sir. But where was the Richard Irvin that John spoke so fondly of to me, you know, about the, the person that speaks from the heart and the gut that could have spoke to me and overcome those attack ads? Like I know like um, when, I saw, when I heard on tape on The Morning Answer, Jenny Ives approached you. Um, and asked you a bunch of questions. J- Amy Jacobson stood up when you were making a speech and asked you some questions, and you didn't respond to it. And I'm I'm trying to reconcile the person John has talked to me about and the person that I saw. I know you had handlers. I know you're dealing with someone else's money. But but how, how, tell the people who that guy is that was a great orator that could have overcome the perceived attacks from all from from the hardcore wing of the party. Well, it, it, anybody will tell you running for office, you're explaining and, and talking you're to, 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 to you're explaining. <laughs> if you're explaining, you're losing. Reagan. You know, and if you're if, if you're arguing with, with people that don't agree with you anyway, Jenny Ives didn't agree with me anyway. She didn't support she's chasing them down the right. hall. She's, chasing, wasn't, yeah, she's, she's chasing, literally chasing. I'm, I'm on. I'm I'm at an event. You know, I'm leaving to get to get in the 
my car and go to another event. She's chasing me down the hall with her phone in my face, knowing that she, I know she doesn't support me. She doesn't like me. She just wants me to say what she wants me to say so she can put it on, you know, uh, on the media, on social media. Wait, hold up real quick. On that issue, you know, how funny is this? She's chasing you down the hallway and she's saying, Richard, this is unbecoming of a gubernatorial candidate. What is it like for her chasing you down, the, you hallway? down the hallway? She was a gubernatorial candidate. Yeah, but, 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 but to be fair, she's in media now. So that's, I think that's... Listen, nobody that's should be no, chasing no, anybody wait, wait, down no. the hallway into a wait, parking lot. Wait, time out, time out. I mean, no, no, no wait, hold on, hold on. No, no. And, and I, I get why she did it. She's in media now and the questions weren't being answered. I, I mean, answered. So she felt like the people who listened to her breakthrough ideas wanted to hear the answers to the questions she was posing. That's. I mean, I'm not defending her. I mean, Jeannie, she's a big girl. She'll defend herself. Mm-hmm. But I. But I think so many people in the Republican Party felt like they just weren't getting answers to the questions about who Richard Irvin is. Is he really a Democrat? Is he. Is he really part? Well, is. Is he part of the? Did they stick him in to to lose? Right. Right. And and, and let me answer your question about you know uh, my credentials as as Republican. As you pointed out when you first met me in 2007, I was introduced to you by Jim Rubble Weiss, yes. the well known Republican you. Man. Oh, That's my yeah. guy. That's my guy. Who loves you, know, you. Roar guy. You know. Uh, who uh, introduced me when I met you in 2007 as a Republican who supported him and many of his campaigns right. th- throughout throughout the years. My grand, my great-grandfather, one great, Richard Baxter Irvin was his name, came to, he was born a slave, came to, he left uh, um, Tennessee and came to uh, the state of Illinois because he wanted to be in the land of Lincoln. He was a Lincoln Republican. Yeah. My, his son, my grandfather, Paul Richard Irvin, was also a Republican, and he's the one that taught me, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach him to fish... He eats for a lifetime. These are Republican values that yeah. I've carried with me the whole time. You know, as a as a as serving in the military, as a prosecutor, as a um, I know we're coming yeah. up on a. Uh, I'll just finish with this. As you know, as a Republican committeeman, you know, for 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 a number of years, appointed by my fellow Republicans and then elected. Yeah, this is this is who I am and who I've been. And, and the other side just did a great job trying to turn me around and make it seem like I was something other than that. Um. Mayor Richard Irvin. Guys, you're listening to Black and White Radio on AM560 The Answer. More with Mayor Richard C. Irving coming up after the break. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. We're sitting with, live in studio with the mayor of Aurora, Richard Irving. Um, mayor Irving, thank you so much for coming in. And I, I really appreciate you you willing to answer some some tough questions that myself, Aaron, and Valon have tossed out to you. You know, I want to talk about the Trump tax. Um, what was that about? Uh, did you ever find out who, who, who betrayed your trust to send out a, a text that you sent out to someone? And what's the, what, what's the backstory behind the Trump text? All right. So I, I truthfully, when I, when I, when that first text first came out, I didn't even remember sending that text. It was from 2019. It was from years ago. And it was a discussion that I was having with a former city employee that had retired a couple of years before. Uh, and, uh, we were arguing about some other issue. Uh, and Trump came up and, you know, this was right around the time when, you know, uh, there is the media going on about Trump saying that, uh, you know, the Ku Klux Klan was having a, a dispute with another another group uh, in somewhere in the country. Trump saying that, you know, there were good people on both sides. And after, you know, not long before that, coming after uh, Trump saying he didn't know who David Duke was, uh, 
you know, and it was okay that, you know, David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan supported him. And, and as an African-American, you know, in, in the United States of America, that, that didn't sit well with me. And, and right there when, right there when I sit, sent that text, I sent it based on emotion. And I did say some things that I shouldn't have said in that text, and I remembered um, who I sent it to, uh, you know, after giving it some thought. And I remember also sending a text right after, after I said, you know, I think I said something along, you know, I don't like Trump, you know, I think he's an idiot. Uh, I sent a text right after that saying, you know, I was, mis- I, I was just, it was, that was just emotion talking. I don't hate anybody. I just don't like the rhetoric. I wish we wouldn't be dealing with, with that rhetoric and we just focus on, you know, improving and taking the United States to the next level as, as a strong president, you know, and capitalizing on some of the, all the positive things that, that the Trump administration did. So, but of course, when it came out in the commercial, they didn't show the second half of the text where I said, you know, I take that back. I don't, I don't hate anybody. I don't hate that man. I, you know, I don't hate any person. Uh, but uh, the commercial used it, just that first portion of yeah. the text of this person that, that, you know, sent this text to the media to b- betraying my trust. And I don't even have that text anymore. And who keeps their text, you know, from two years before and then sends it to the media? So, yeah. Well, first off, I want to say thank you for taking the pressure off of me <laughs> that I can ask you whatever I want. Go ahead, brother. All right. Well, the question I want to ask you is, do you think you, and it's going to segue into what I want to ask yes, you. Sir. Do you think when you reflect upon your campaign, you did anything wrong you, or any missteps along the way? Well, yeah. And as I said, you know, um, hindsight is twenty twenty. The things that, that were reflected negatively on, on my campaign weren't things that I personally did during the campaign. This was things that happened years past, you know, that, uh, that you know, when it happened, I had no idea that I was going to be running for governor. Right. You know, uh, now during the campaign, what what I could have done more that I would have that I should have, and that's uh, more effective campaigning in the minority community. You know, the the, uh, the Latino community that are Republicans, the Black community that are Republicans, and even you know independents and, and non-Republicans, just to make sure that everyone hears my message. Now, traditionally in a in a Republican primary, you want to just go after those folks that you know are going to vote in a Republican par- primary, and those are the folks that are normally a little bit little bit farther to the to the right but if i had to do again i wouldn't just leave it just to those folks that i know would traditionally vote i'd, I'd have a wider net and and bring a lot more folks into it so the couple of questions i wanted to ask you i want to i want to no, ask one, you about questions i want to ask you about the, the attack one of the attack ads by a super PAC. yes sir um about them saying that you were really a democrat and they played you by your own words praising jb prister right. that's one of them okay okay so can you respond to that absolutely one absolutely so I'm the mayor of the second largest city in the state of Illinois. When the governor comes to town, and I rely on the state and the governor for, for resources, for grants, for, for money to support our city. You know, uh, you know my, grand, my grandparents, my mom always taught me to, you know, to you know, say nice things and be nice to people w- when they come. So, you know, I, I don't think it's unheard of, and it's not un-American for me to say, you know, I, this governor is coming to town. Thank you, governor, for coming to town. You're, you're, you're a good person. You're the governor of the state. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that is politics we've got away from that you know just because i'm a republican and somebody else is a democrat doesn't mean we have to hate each other right you know doesn't mean we have to you know be an american just because i disagree with his policy doesn't mean he's not american and he doesn't deserve respect now in in politics today it seems like 
just because a person is a Democrat and on the other side, you got to hate them and you can't talk to them. You can't take pictures with them. Look, I'm the mayor of the second largest. I take pictures with a whole lot of people, right. you know, from every spec. And most of you don't even know who they are. And I don't even know who they are. That don't mean I agree with them. That just means, you know, I'm just being cordial. My next question is going to be too long for you to respond to, so I'm going to wait till after the break. Okay. But what, what missteps? Okay. Do you, oh, and you know yeah, that's a, that's a long one yeah, too. That's a long one too. I got so many questions, okay. but we'll wait till after the break. I'm, I'm here, brother. I'm we're not we're not gonna make it make it after that break. Yeah, um, right. We're not. We're not. <laughs> you know, I, I know, Aaron. I know you got some questions that you want to pose yeah, after the break. That's fine. Right, that's fine. But 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 you know, when we coming up, you know, I, I also want to talk about you know the whole, you know, Darren Bailey voted in the Democrat primary, and then people looked up your voting record and saw that you voted Democrat. Uh, you pulled Democrat ballot Absolutely. like six different times. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Absolutely. And also, I want to tease. Will Richard Irvin endorse and support <laughs> Dan Bailey for governor? You listening to Black and White Radio? We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. Uh oh, you know what's coming, Rilla. Don't start. You know what's coming. Don't start. Welcome He's back. Welcome back to Black and Right. I am five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. All right, Mayor. Verlon and I got this long running question. Marvin Gaye, or what's your guy name? George Michaels. Oh, George Michael's the better singer. Marvin Gaye, man. Thank you. Come on, man. Thank you. I, 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 like, I like me some George Michael. Don't get me wrong. Thank you. But Marvin Gaye, bro. So, Come on. So I got a listener uh, on YouTube, Blexit. Right. Blexit. I, I can't say the last name because I, I I don't have my glasses. But was one of your biggest cheerleaders on on my YouTube channel throughout the, your entire campaign. He says, uh, we got a black music litmus test for the bear. <laughs> he better answer Marvin Gaye. Uh, but, right. but but before before you 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 pose the question. Uh, guys, if you if you're watching the, the the streams, we're on AM560 the answer YouTube. We're on Black and Right Radio on Rumble and we're on Black and Right Radio on Facebook. Go ahead and share the streams. And I also want to open up the phone lines. 312-642-5600. 312-642-5600. The mayor has been so gracious and he's willing to take questions. Go ahead, Aaron. So first, I want to thank you um, for teaching me a lesson because I will never put anything in text, voicemail, email <laughs> that I don't want played back to me in court or on television. Right, right. right? We, le- we learned from, uh, from these experiences. But uh, as John alluded earlier, right, during the campaign – you know, there was a lot of attack ads on and Jesse Sullivan and Darren Bailey. Now, I'm a realist. I've been, you know, around. I know that you're not approving all these mailers. They're not like, hey, Mayor Irvin, what do you think about this mailer? Is this good? Do you get an approval? You're not signing off on this stuff. It's just going out automatic, right? You, you know, you're not reviewing it. But they were targeting a lot of them on their voting record, right? right. That Jesse Sullivan in 08. I mean, I'll tell you, Jesse Sullivan, Darren Bailey, um, Paul Schimpf, Right. And, 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 and even Aaron Delmar in 08, we all pulled it down ballot because we were, um, you know, doing the whole Rush Limbaugh Operation Chaos. Right. But then you came out with your voting record that was targeted. And, yeah. you know, you keep saying that you're uh, you're Republican or Republican. In Illinois, there are no registered Republican or registered Democrats. Mm-hmm. The litmus test for most it's people primary. is that how many primaries you vote in and what primaries you, do you vote in? So I faced this in 2010. I had only pulled one primary. It was a Democrat primary because in 08, that was what I did. So everyone called me a Democrat. I mean, I still got that. Illinois, well, you know. <laughs> but in your campaign, you pulled multiple. And you had reasons why. Mm-hmm. 
how can you throw rocks if these guys were pulling one ballot when you pulled six or seven? And, and that's one of those hindsight is twenty twenty situations <laughs> right. where if I had to, right, right. If I had to do over again, that wouldn't be the case. Now let me let me tell you why I pulled those uh, Democratic ballots. Now I, I'm in Aurora. That's a, a blue stronghold. You know, that's a Democratic stronghold. So I, I got it. And oftentimes there is no Republican on the ballot. So I have a choice to make. Do I just sit on my hands and do nothing and don't vote for anybody, even though I, I'm the mayor of the second largest city or I'm an alderman in, in that in that city? And I've got to make sure we get the best person to do the job so we can move our city and our community forward. I got to do that. Doesn't right. mean doesn't mean I'm, I'm a Democrat and I agree with all their values. It means I got to pick the best person in the job. If I don't, that's irresponsible of me. Well, now that you are in a blue stronghold in the second largest city of Illinois, and now like there is no saying you're not a Republican, are you worried about keeping your mayoral job when all these Democrats are going to be like, hey, he's been saying that he's a Republican, even though he's been pulling Democratic records. We need to get this Republican out of Aurora and fill it with a Democrat. No, I've, I've been a well-known Republican in Aurora yeah. um, my whole career. And yeah. In fact, I think that's one of the reasons that I was elected in, in 2017 to change, you know, turn a roar around and put some more conservative principles in place, like lower taxes, which we've done every, every year I've been mayor, more economic development, which I've, we've done every year I've been mayor, you know, reducing crime, which we've done every year I've been mayor. Good thing about uh, local politics, which I, which I like and appreciate uh, being mayor, it's nonpartisan. There is right. no Democrat or Republican. There's no Democrat or Republican way to, to fill a pothole or, you know, pick up your garbage or to make sure that we provide the, you know, the best services for, for our residents. These are nonpartisan water bills. These are nonpartisan water bills. As long as I do my job as, as man, I do it effectively, then I think I'll be okay. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you something, full disclosure. I called you a lot of names on this show. You did. I called you Snake Pliskin, Cobra Commander. Basically, anything that related to a snake. Right? Wow. I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Wow. I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that you didn't even tell me that. No, I, no, I did. No, 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 I did. But because, I appreciate you. Because I'm a, I'm a t- like I told you in the beginning, I fell into a category of ignorance because all I saw was attack ads. Yeah. So I want to ask you about another attack ad. Yes, sir. They te- the, the Super PAC attacked you personally about your girlfriend, mm-hmm. some kind of weed dispensary. Right. And you basically get, uh, getting her out of trouble because you had the clout. Right. Can you respond to that? Okay, absolutely, and I'd love to respond to that. First of all, you know, uh, I'm, I'm driving down the street, you know, one particular day I get a frantic call from someone I care about deeply. Who would I be as a, a man, you know, my, who would I be as a man worth my weight if I didn't respond to someone I cared about when they asked me to call? They called me crying and screaming, saying that, they'd, uh, you know, they were hurting and in pain, and please come to this location. And you are an attorney. And, and I'm a lawyer, you right. know, I trade. So, of course, you know, I went to the location. And, you know, when I got there, I didn't recognize what was going on. I didn't know the whole circumstance, the whole story. All I knew is somebody was there crying, screaming that I cared about, and, you know, that had been that had been maced, that was being carried off by the uh, firemen uh, to, you know, to flush her eyes, you know, the paramedics. And um, after her eyes are flushed, she's still frantic and, and crying. And I'm, of course, doing what any caring person would do. I'm saying everything is going to be okay. We're going to work this out. Don't worry about it. It's going to be good. trying to calm this person. Now, who would I be? You know, as a man, I, I think you'd, I, I'd be disrespected if I didn't go there and try to assist. Now, what I, what I said while I was there, once we get the video, I'm sure all this will be taken care of because right. there's video in there. But, of course, that was not listed in the police report that I said that. And if, Of course not. It wasn't. And if I wanted to actually change things as mayor, you guys would even know about this because I would have fixed it and took it away. But I didn't want to interfere with that police officer doing her job. And I didn't, I didn't affect it at all. All I did as a lawyer was to make sure she got a lawyer, and she did. And that, that's as far as I was involved. Wow. At all.
Well, he answered that question. Yep. I mean, that was that was a big bone of contention. Um, you listen listening to Black and Right. Phil, Terry, Ashley, hold the line. When we come back, we'll take your calls. 312-642-5600. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Welcome back. Got no way to prove to Black and Right so Radio on AM five sixty the answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the mayor of Aurora, Richard Irvin, former candidate for governor of the state of Illinois for the Republican Party. Joined by my good friend, the troublemaker, and Aaron Domar. Aaron, what are we? What was your nickname we gave you? The Asian persuasion. The Asian Asian. The Asian Asian. That's right. right. The Asian. Float like a butterfly, sting like a Mack truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man, I, I, I really appreciate just how open you are to taking questions. Um, not 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 saying that you know this is off limits. That's off limits. My um, pleasure, man. My it, pleasure. It, it means a lot. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to um, Fuega herself, Ashley oh. Ramos. Oh. Ashley. You there? Hey, guys. Hey, hey how's on? it going? Very good, very good. Back, glad to be back with you guys today. Yeah, you, you, you gave up on us when you ran for Congress, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I wanted to come see you. You never invited me. I was, I was heartbroken. Oh, was boy. Like, Here we go. All right, what's going on? What, what, what's your question? <laughs> what's okay, the comment? So, I mean, as you guys know... I, I ran last cycle, and I, I'm not here to pick at anybody. I actually, I want to ask you guys a legitimate question, because during this cycle, watching both Republicans and Democrats in events and in um, when you were when you were trying to get uh, endorsements, I yeah. noticed that it was like watching the same thing every time. Everybody said, oh, I'm pro this. Oh, I'm pro that. I mean, you could listen to one person and you got the message for the entire room for the entire night. You shouldn't have wasted your two hours. And what bothered me about that was that we're all running for different seats and those seats pertain to different things. And to be honest, whether you are pro-choice, pro-life, whether you agree with what's happening in the school district or not, some of those things, they aren't directly pertaining to your seat. There's different ways that people have to do things. So this is my honest question to you, too, because I don't feel like people got the opportunity to do this. If you could choose or if you could have chosen one thing that your seat, that what you were running to actually pertain to and you could make a difference with it, what would you have done? Because I feel like the Republican Party did a huge disservice to everybody who ran because they didn't give them an opportunity to speak about what they could actually change for the better. They just wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. You know, and, and that's a good point. And that's what upset me most during this campaign. We didn't get a chance to talk about policy. Yeah. What would I do to make a difference in the state exactly. of Illinois? And we had to look at, and, and all you had to do was look at all the, the, uh, the benefits and the successes we've had in the city of Aurora by reducing taxes, reducing crime, you know, focusing on, you know, improving our education. I created what's called an economic development commission, bringing all of our school districts together to improve our educational circumstance for all of our kids, especially in low-income areas. You know, just providing the services and making and making our city of Aurora better. I want to do that exact same thing for the state. Now, as I told you that, you know, what upset me about the media where I think they failed us in talking so much about ideology uh, and, and not talking about principle and policy uh, is is they never talked about that. And I recognize this is a Republican primary, but Republicans should still be concerned. Yeah, I, a, mean, I mean, and let me just say this. Go ahead. We've got to recognize this is a blue state. This isn't a red state. This isn't a purple state. This is a blue state. If a Republican wants to win statewide, 
We've got to get Republicans, independents, and we've got Democratic crossover. Get Democratic sure. crossover. The only way we're going to get that is if we talk about policy, conservative, principled policy that you know is the base of the Republican the Republican Party. It has been in the past. Well, I respectfully disagree because when you're looking at this, right, as Republicans, and you go to these Lincoln Day dinners like Richard and I did all over the state, it's the same hamburger. All the candidates, we're all pro-life, we're all pro-choice, we're all, you know, bring it, you know, take the cuffs off the criminal, off the cops and put it back on the criminals. I mean, this is the most important election you've ever had in your lifetime, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Right. The question is, is that who is going to be able to be a leader? And it's not just the policy side of it. It who has the charisma, the leadership and the backbone to do it. Right. And the marketing. Right. If we're all good Republicans, we're all voting for Paul Schemp. Right. Right. We need to have somebody that's got the charisma and the true credentials Uh to make that. Did you just say Paul Schemp? Paul's a great guy, man. I mean, he's like the poster boy Republican. Yeah. And and I'll just let me just jump in before we go to break. Leadership is about leadership is about making sure that you implement that policy to get the job done. That's true. Hey, guys, hour two coming up next. Don't go anywhere prepare to have your mind opened the lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed this is a revolution in how you think about politics race and culture you've tuned into black and right with john anthony on am 560 the answer i'm coming in Welcome back to Black and Right Radio. Hour number two on AM 560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. If you missed that first hour, go over to 560TheAnswer.com. Click on the Black and Right podcast. Download the podcast. You don't have to sit through any of the commercials. Um, you missed a, a very good first hour with my special guest in today, the mayor of Aurora, former gubernatorial candidate for the state of Illinois, Richard Irving. Welcome to Black and Right again, Mayor. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, I got my here. buddy, the troublemaker, and Mr. Raging Asian, Aaron Del Mar. So I got I to gotta ask, right? So during this, during this uh, primary, Richard, and, uh, you know, they spent $55 million, right? Um, J.B. Pritzker, <laughs> oh, he spent go. like $35 million. <laughs> and then Dan Proft and, and Dick Uline, they spent another $10 million. $100 million. You got $100 million of name ID in the state of Illinois. How do you go to the bathroom or go to the restaurant without having to take 15 selfies? How does that, how does that happen? <laughs> it, it doesn't happen, man. Every, everywhere I go, I, I have folks stand in line to take selfies. And this is after the election. This is after the election. This is after, you know, this is after I, I lose the primary. I, I still do. You know, I'm at the airport. You know, I got folks, you know, taking pictures with me, recognize me, doing selfies with me, restaurants, gas stations. And so it happens, happens everywhere I go. That's oh. got to be a good way to keep you in line, though, right? You, you're like, because you're always conscious of, what, of what's looking. So with this $100 million with a name ID, what's the next step? What am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold that one. No, no, no. Hold that one. We'll hold, we'll, we'll, we'll we got to we that. hold that question. You know, we we got to go to the phone. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, right. well, well, you know, know I get excited. Yeah, no, we got to hold. I know you do because you, you're, you're raging. That's why we call you the raging Asian. Let's go to Terry from Rogers Park. Terry, welcome back to Black and Right. Uh, I just want to say uh, that as for getting someone other than Donald Trump to run for president, uh, we want the man that had the guts to stand up for us first. And, and you're talking about Darren Bailey? Terry? 
I said I said Donald Trump. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, you're saying that for as far as the next election come 2024. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Terry. What else would I be saying? <laughs> Thank you so much, Terry. I really always appreciate your call. Let's go to Phil from Blue Island. Uh oh, here we go. What's up, Phil? <laughs> you appreciate that call, uh, brother Mayor. How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing, Phil? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. good um, just like that last phone call. It's kind of. I, I got a lot to say, but I'm something trying to narrow it down here. Um, um, let me ask this first question. I might as well go for it. Um, in your hearts of hearts, do you actually still believe Trump is a bigoted racist? Well, as I said, you know, a few minutes ago in the, in the first hour. That, uh, you know, after that text was initial text was sent, I immediately sent another text after that saying that, you know, I, I don't hate anyone and I don't don't know the person. I can't say if he's a bigoted racist. Of course, that part of the text didn't come out. I just said that, you know, I just don't like the rhetoric. I think you okay. know, oftentimes the rhetoric is, is divisive. So, I, you know, well, I, I, I got some okay. feel, feel, but, but, but feel I think I think, as you know, and you know this very well, Phil. Um, any Republican that runs will immediately gets the label racist. I think when you look at Trump's history, I think when you look at what Trump did for the black community, um, a, a person that would be racist wouldn't come out with a platinum plan. I mean, no, 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 no president has ever done. He, he's done more for in, in, in the black communities than That's Barack Obama. Yeah, what did Barack That's Obama do? True. Show me. Tell me what he no, did. No, no, we're not going. We're not going. We're not going to go there. But wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out. I want to keep the focus wait, on the wait, mayor. Excuse me. I time out. Keep wait, the focus Phil, on the mayor. Wait. You pause. This is my show. I dictate where we go. Don't forget that. All right. You brought up a comment. As you a caller. Wait. Doesn't matter. This is still my show. You brought up a comment about um, Bur- D- Donald Trump being racist. Do, does does the mayor no, still believe? That's not what I. That's not what I said. See, you're already twisting what okay, I said. Okay, go ahead. I asked, I asked the brother mayor, I said, in the heart of, in his heart of heart, does he believe that Trump is a bigoted racist? That's okay, all I but, said. Isn't that where I was going down? That's exactly where I was going. Right? And I, and I, and then I laid out why I believe Trump is not a racist. I met the man. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, go ahead. Next question. That's fine. Um, um, uh, even with that said, um, uh, with the attacks that Verlon mentioned and, and the attack ads from the media and the right-wing politicians, uh, why are Republicans and conservatives attacking you as if you're the enemy or as if you're even worse, in their eyes, a Democrat? Well, as you noticed, you know, when you turned on the television during the primary election, I was the only face you ever saw. There was actually five of us running, you know, uh, uh, in the gubernatorial primary on the Republican side, but I'm the only person that you regularly saw on television. Every so often, you, right. you know, the Democratic Governor Association would pay for, you know, Darren Bailey to be to be on television. Um, so I was getting it from both sides. I was getting it from the, the, the Democrats saying that I was evil and a crook. I was getting it from the Republicans saying that I was a Democrat. Let me tell you who doesn't think I'm, I'm a Democrat, and that's the Democrats. I wouldn't, been, I wouldn't have been running against... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been running against J.B. Pritzker, you know, if, if I was if I was a Democrat. Uh, and, you know, as far as, you know, the, the Republicans coming at me, that was that was their, you know, they looked at me as a threat. You know, they wanted, you know, their candidate to win, you know, the 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 far right folks. And they were able to spend money and effectively send a message suggesting that I was something other than I than I was. Well, before you, I, before I ask you my next question, ask for Sean Thompson. <laughs> um 
you probably to pick to piggyback off a of field, you probably would have been the only candidate they couldn't have called a bigot, racist, or homophobe. So no, they would have found a way. No, 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 they wouldn't. Have. No, they would have called you me, the black face of uh, white supremacy. Villain, Villain, I was uh, a black Republican state representative. And I was called a bigoted. I was called a coon. I was called. I was saying that I was racist against my own people. That's because you blackish. No. All right, that's all right, right. I'm right. telling Some, you. Somebody, yeah, I, I heard somebody said you was only half. You I'm only half. From your own city. I have a question for you. After, <laughs> since this whole ca- campaign's over, right? And we're kind of talking about it. And do you ever feel that you are either like a, a, a prop in this campaign after Uh-oh. it's over? You know what I mean? Yeah. That you were used as a tool, or uh, you know what I mean, in this. Um, on behalf of uh, uh, you know some of the bigger donors that were there, right? That they you know misconstrued you or uh, utilized your, your history, your story. I mean, you have an incredibly compelling story. Nobody can Which argue that. You didn't that. tell enough of it, in my right. opinion. Of course, right? And Avery Bourne did an amazing job of telling your story. I give her a Avery lot of Bourne props. Sharp. But like I'm saying, is that did they? You ever felt like you was a tool or a prop in this? Because you know that Ken Griffin really hated JB. Right, and you were the tip of the spear to try to pierce him. And no, and, and the only way that I would be a tool or prop is if I allowed myself to be a tool or prop, and that—that that I'm nobody's. I'm nobody. Sure, prop, nobody's tool. Okay. Nobody. But you passes. didn't know about all the ads coming out. You didn't approve all that stuff. I mean, when they were firing ads in Southern Illinois, they weren't. You know what I mean? Like that was being sent on your behalf, you, maybe you know, without your consent. Again, there's a particular playbook that that you follow. So it's not about being a prop. It's about them, about uh, the team following a, a particular. Playbook and right. necessarily the playbook didn't fit for me as a candidate. But you know, as, as somebody who's run and won as a Republican, uh, what what were some of those challenges though? Because I I know I to me, Democrats were the most racist to me. Um, you had those pockets of Republicans who who used the N word towards me and all that type of stuff. What were some of the challenges and what what were some of the the, the greatest rewards um, in in this race? What, what what because I know you you got. So heckled and called all type of names, but what was that experience? How would you relate that to the next young black guy wanting to run for governor or any office in the state of Illinois? Well, I'll say this: one of the most disheartening and difficult parts for me is when other African Americans would say would would be very. And I, I would say the, the Democrats were probably the most uh, hurtful in in what they said, you know, to me about calling me sold out, mm-hmm. saying that I'm not really black. Saying, Uncle Tom. you know, your Uncle Tom, you know, things like this. Because, you know, we, we know that you know, African-Americans, especially in the Chicagoland area, you know, are, are traditionally uh, Democrats. Yeah. And if you in the in their in their view, if you don't line up and become a Democrat, then you must be sold out. Right. right. You must be something other than, you know, than than black. And that, and that was that was hurtful. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. Can you look pe- look back on your campaign and point to any missteps that led to your defeat or do you contribute it to? Outside influence. You know, before I answer that question, let me let me answer this. Answer the second question. You said, "What are some of the triumphs or some of the good things that that happen?" It's when it's when I'd go and, and I'll answer your question after the break. Okay. And it's when I go to uh, a an area in Southern Illinois where it was primarily white, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much all white. All you know, white. and and I'd, I'd walk into a room of a hundred or two hundred people. I tell my story and I talk about what I want to do for the state of Illinois. Talk about policy. 
you know, and, and what I've done for Aurora and how I can do the same thing for the state and get round, uh, you know, rousing applause and support from those folks. And it was such a good feeling that they didn't look at me as anything right. other than a person who could effectively do a job. And that's true. Yeah. I was in those rooms when he did those speeches. And, and you know what? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was there. Because where I represented, it was 95% white district. So I definitely understand that. And the white Republicans are some of the greatest people, in my opinion, and what I have to experience. They were so accepting and so warm. David and, Dave, David and Dave, hold the line. We'll get you a call when we get back. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Hey. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. Man, that, that's a little loud in my ears. <laughs> Uh, we're sitting live in the studio with the mayor of Aurora, Richard Irving, former gubernatorial candidate for the state of Illinois as a Republican, um, along with the troublemaker and Aaron Del Mar. Uh, Governor, I, I wanted to know, what was the reason um, you wouldn't come on like conservative radio? I know I know the, the morning answer invited you on, I, I believe. Um, and. Like as far as the debates, you only did certain debates. Was that calculated? <laughs> oh, hold, hold on, man, hold on. <laughs> was that was that a calculated move? And I, I think it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Now, I, I, I think you just referred to me as governor. I appreciate oh, that. Did I say governor? <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I was traveling all throughout the state, and yeah. we had we had you know we had things that that we had set up. It was calculated about which stations which folks were going to be talking to and, and again hindsight is twenty twenty. i would have probably been a you know a whole lot more available again i'm black I'm and right for sure for sure for sure <laughs> for sure again i'm still the mayor of the city so you know I'm, I'm running for office all throughout the state half the time and i'm you know still trying to hold a roar together and take us the other half of the time so i made them pick and choose um what we thought was the most effective you know to get our message out and still allow me to be effective as, as mayor of the city of Aurora. Uh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know the answer. Me, wait, I know the on, real no, answer wait, to that wait, question. Aaron, Delmar, hold on. But the, the, the issue, though, AM560 is the conservative station of the state of Illinois. WLS isn't. WGN isn't. The 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 the, the bulk of the voters, uh, as far as Republicans, listen into this station. Well, look, can I? Have our, wait, wait. That's for him. And and, and like I said, hindsight is twenty twenty. I had to do it again. You know, I, from this point on, I'm, I plan on coming on the station talking to you all the time. Awesome. Okay. Uh, uh, no, no. Line, oh, he's no okay. So what, what I'm saying is this. If you look at the polling, because we were looking at the polling every day because, again, Gary and I were in the campaign. Coming out of the gate for the first four months, Richard was sitting at 30, 35% leading the pack all the way. Yeah. Why would you put him in any kind of position where there could be an error when he's winning? Right, uh, there's no, there's nothing to be gained. Okay, right. The only time that they needed to start bringing him out more. But who's polling side, was that? Oh. Everybody's polling. Yeah. Everybody's polling. Why do you think Pritzker freaked out and started dropping ten, then another ten, then another ten, and started giving it to DGA because they knew he was running away? But with you can it. also reinforce that you're the candidate. It for. Why do you need reinforce when you're winning? Yeah, but he was already up. There's no, there's no downside. Uh, can you know why? Because Darren Bailey, Darren twice, Bailey is now the nominee. It doesn't matter. Darren Bailey. It doesn't matter. Darren Bailey's, Bailey's the nominee. Twice during the campaign, Darren Bailey was a hundred thousand dollars away from being out of money. Yeah. And if he didn't get an infusion from from Dick Uline, it, it would have been game over. Twice in that race because you can follow the money. Spend, spend, spend. Run out of cash. You know how much has campaign staff cost? You can I disagree. This. Well, I, I, you know, I'll tell you this. I, I, I. I 
I disagree with you a little bit, a little bit. What I should have, and I hear what you're saying, and I agree that that was the plan. Correct. But what I should have done to, you know, so folks knew me better. So when these exactly. negative commercials came point. out, they would say, "No, that's not the Richard Irvin I've heard on exactly. the radio. That's not the Richard." Irvin. So, so if if they had seen me more. Then maybe yes. those commercials wouldn't have been as effective. Hundred percent. And, and, so, and here's the reason why: some of my, especially my cop friends who are uber conservative, the first thing they said was, "Do you know Richard Irvin? Because that's who I want for my next well, guy. He's the only one on the air. Yeah, he's that's the only one on the air, I right? I'm you sorry, weren't running against so, anybody at that point. So, you, were, you know, they were running. Everybody in the pack was running against you. So to piggyback off of what John said, yes, sir. I know he, does, he doesn't like me saying this word over and over again. <laughs> Missteps. Missteps. <laughs> so when you look, look back on your campaign, do you believe there were missteps that you can, look, you can point to to contribute to your defeat or outside influences that contributed to your defeat? The, the outside influences, I'll say, was the $35 million that uh, Prisker put into the Republican primary. Democrat yeah, that hurt meddling him. in Republican That primary. hurt you. That was the first time in the history of this country, this country, that a Democrat spent that much money in a Republican primary. The first time, not just in Illinois, the first time in the history of this country that a Democrat has spent that much money to stop a Republican from, from, uh, from advancing to the general. So that means he was threatened by me. Yeah. Why would he spend thirty five million dollars unless he says if I don't spend this thirty five if I don't spend this thirty five now, I'm gonna spend hundred and thirty five, two hundred and thirty five later. But let me yeah. let me let me So that was the outside influence. But let me come back at you since yes, you said it that way. Now, JB Prister or the Democrats, I didn't hear them saying anything towards you publicly. Okay, he dumped the money in. But it was it was between you and Darren Bailey, you were leading the pack. Yes, sir. So it was the attack ads, not Darren Bailey, but it was the attack ads that I keep on referring back to of the for, super pack. Paid for by No, the by super pack. No, 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 the <laughs> super pack. I know somebody that was the head of one of the super packs. Oh, people that play by the rules. You're, yeah. you're talking about the Republican super pack. Right. Yeah. They were the one that was doing the damage no. to you. No, they, yes, no, it was. Wrong. Yes, it was. No, no. I think, no. Those were the, that was a tickle. No, the that no. Were a tickle. No, no, I disagree. I think, I think those were effective ads. Those were very, it was well, on radio you, and on put, TV. If you put that $10, 15000000 million they spent in those exactly. ads with the $35 million, it's just all going to add up. Correct. It was too much pressure. Correct. It was too much So you still believe it was the money that J.B. Prisca put? Had you take away that $35 million, and we would have been able to address that $15 million in negative no ads against Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, so, Mayor, what, what about being mayor you think prepared you to run for to make this run for governor you know a lot of people say well just because he's mayor doesn't mean he's he's he should be the next governor of the state of illinois you know when i was considering running for governor the first time someone asked me that how does being mayor translate to being governor of of the state because it's important and i said like this leadership is leadership you know i i'm a i'm a i'm a strong leader you know, I'm a strong leader as mayor, making the, the necessary changes, improvements, and, and having the successes that has changed that city around from, you know, I mean, 180 degree from what it used to be in a short period of time. And if I use those same leadership principles with those same, you know, ideals and the same policies, then I know I can be effective yeah. as, as governor of this state. I mean, the current governor there never ran for office well, well, a day well, in his life. No, he's, he's never ran for Wait, Hold on, guys. Let, are you... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines. Dave's been holding for a while. Dave from Crystal Lake, getting past rhetoric. Well, go ahead, Dave. Hi. Good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing well, uh, Mr. Mayor. That's you know what you br- you brought up a point, and and I've looked at what you've done in Aurora, and 
I, I am a Trump supporter. How do you get paid? You talked about policy, and, and I agree with you 100% about that. But look at, look at your accomplishments. Look at Donald Trump's accomplishments. How do you get past the rhetoric in order to discuss the policy? People don't seem to pay attention to your results. You got to win. Yeah. Wait. Hold on. That's that's for the mayor. That's a good point. Good question, Dave. You know that, that's a that's a great question. Yeah. You know, and and thanks, Dave. You're right. If we're talking about the if the question you're asking me is how what do I think about Trump's um, rhetoric or the rhetoric that the media? I think he said both. I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a well, both. let me just say this. I, I think the media failed us in the sense that, you know, mainstream media these days are is becoming like uh, not, not much more than social media, you know, uh, or or even even worse than that, where they're focusing on the headlines so they can sell newspapers, you know, than actual substance in the in the media. The media failed us, you know, and not talking about policy and making it about about rhetoric and making it about ideology. And and I and I think that's wrong. And as, as as Aaron pointed out, you know, once you you win, if you talk about real policy and you win, people will see how effective I can be. And you don't have to take my word for it. All you got to do is look at what I've done in Aurora. Yeah. If you see my effective leadership and what we've done in Aurora, you'll be able to see what I've done, you know, what I could do as an executive. Nobody else that ran on the public in the Republican primary, not even J.B. Prisker before he became governor, no one ever else had the executive background and experience that I had as mm. a leader. What I, what I always say on this show, it's not about policy anymore. It's about celebrity. Everybody likes American Idol, and that's what they want you to be, to live up to what they dream. And I want to address what somebody else um, said, to, said to you about what makes uh, you ready to be governor, your, your domestic policy and your economic policy. Right. And keeping people safe. Absolutely. So that, that's what prepares you to be governor as being a mayor. Yeah. But, but you, you make a good point. I, I know we're coming up on another break where you make a good point that, you know, there's a especially in the Republican primary, there's a purity test where they want you to have a certain amount of purity and they want you to be, you know, that 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 superstar, you know, that uh, in, in the media. And that's the part I don't necessarily like about politics. I like getting the job done. I like doing because you like have to as a mayor. You got to, uh, you know, as a mayor, you know, at, at the end of the day. When you're done with the lights and cameras and, you know, action, yeah. you got to do something. you got to get stuff done. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to be able to get reelected. Or people that loved you one day, right. well, I promise you, will hate you the next Hosanna, day because you Hosanna. haven't stepped up to it. Hosanna, Hosanna, crucify him. <laughs> Mayor, when we come back, I want to get your take on the Safety Act. Yes, sir. I want to get your take on what you think that's going to bring. Because I know it's already affecting um, my county in Kendall and Kane because they're looking to come into agreement about shutting down Kendall County Jail. I don't know if you heard about that. I did hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to Black and Right, more with Mayor Richard Irvin when we return. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm on the loose. Make it most. I need some room. Welcome back. It's the Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. If you've, if you've missed any of this show... Go to 560theanswer.com, download the podcast. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. It's it's been it's been a good back and forth conversation. As you know, on my show, I love to have conversations. I don't like it to, you know, I think sometimes when you when you try to go after people and get the gotcha questions, uh, you miss a, a prime opportunity to get to know somebody, especially somebody that um, a lot of people really didn't know when he ran for governor. Uh, they saw his face on the, on, on the ass. Then they saw, you know, the DGA come in and attack him and go after him. 
Uh, again, as I said in the in the first hour, I took a lot of heat because, and Verlon, the troublemaker, you know this. I took a lot of heat because I was, at times, um, defending. You should have taken a lot of heat. Hey, John. Yeah. I'm taking a lot of heat right now. I'm sure. I took heat right before I came into the studio. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. Because I'm like the hardcore dude on the show. Mm -hmm. And I'm hardcore on on social media and whatever else. Trust me. Some people wanted me to ask you some woo-woo-woo type (laughs) questions that, you know, John wasn't going to let me go there anyway. No, you need to ask reasonable questions, right? At the end of the day, right, there's a lot of influences, right, internally and externally that took place a part of the campaign. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Richard was was the, the candidate, right? right? So the level of responsibility of the buck stops with him. Yeah. And I don't think there's any of these questions that are unfair or, or no. per, too provocative. He's, you know, I, I mean, think he would have told us. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 I was, a, he, he's, he's used to getting up and walking that's out a and nice word. interview. You know? <laughs> that's, that's a nice word, provocative. I, I should have used that word instead of woo-woo-woo. Wait. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I knew what you mean. I knew wait, what you meant, bro. Did, did we forget he was a prosecutor and a, and a yeah, defense attorney? he can attorney, hold his so, own. Yeah. I've been in a lot of rooms this guy. He can hold his own. <laughs> but, but, but um, Mayor, I, I want to talk about the Safety Act. Um, as you know, it was passed, I believe, back in 2001. And at the center of it was the Pre-tra- Pretrial Fairness Act. Uh, a lot of that has to do with, as, as somebody who's been a defense attorney and a prosecutor, um, it, when it comes to no cash bail now uh, or cashless bail, uh, how do you think that's going to affect the rest of Illinois come January 1, 2023? As you know, you, you are a resident of Kane County. Um, my sheriff and your sheriff uh, of Kane County, they they're coming into an agreement to, to shut down um, Kendall County as some as, not all of it now they they come to a new agreement and that there's going to be a partnership where a lot of the inmates from Kendall County now go to Kane County that's just one aspect of how this 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 law especially when it takes effect fully in 2023 what are your issues with it what are your problems with it and um, what needs to be done is if you had to give advice to Darren Bailey, should he win, uh, what would you give him? What advice would you give him to change the safety act? The advice I would give him is recall the most dangerous parts of that act immediately and possibly the whole act. If, if he had the votes and the support to do it, I think the safety act as it exists now will be terrible, absolutely detrimental to the state of Illinois. And the one that's going to go into effect come January one, 2023, the no cash bail is going to hurt our state. So what's going to happen come January 1, you know, when people are are arrested for crimes, even serious felonies, they will not have to post any bail at all. They just go there, slap high fives with the police, you know, and, and, and leave and leave the jail almost like there's no real consequence. Matter of fact, that same person who was released with no bail will now, based on this act, be able to go and make an anonymous complaint against that same police officer that arrested him that'll stay in his that police officer's record for the rest of his career. So not only this bail will be harmful in committing an additional crime, it's going to show more disrespect to our police, and no one's going to want to be the police in the state of Illinois anymore. And we know that a lot of departments nowadays, you know, are, are struggling, even in Aurora, to get more police officers yeah. you so, know, on so, board. Okay, and, and, that, and, and I think we all agree that there's this, this bill is incredibly flawed. right? But what do you do for... Maybe somebody that you may have grown up with back in Aurora, right? They didn't have the financial means, got caught for shoplifting or got caught for something or, you know what I mean, or maybe just was accused to it. And that family and that person doesn't have the money to put up that bond. So they should just sit there because they're in a different financial situation than everybody else. But like, you know, 
They just don't get well, out. Well, I got I got to answer. I, right, Don't break the damn law. Everybody, everybody has a presumption of innocence, right? You are. I'm talking. I'm talking to a defender, right? You are. You're. You're. You know. You're a. But there has to be probable cause for somebody right. to be arrested. So Correct. it's not probable simply cause just, doesn't mean guilty. So, you know, no, 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 it doesn't. But that, but there, that's a certain burden that has to be met. So it's not like just people being plucked off the street and put in sure. jail for no reason. Right. There's, there's, well. there's, there's reasoning behind. But that's what the activists want you to believe. Right. And, and that's and that's crazy. Listen. And so I'm not defending it. So what's going to? I'm just right. saying, hey, like that's that's. So what's going to happen? Reasonable. Wait, let, let him what's going to happen January first is this. So not only the new people that break the law aren't going to get arrested. The people that are sitting in jail right now, any lawyer worth his weight, worth his weight at all, is going to file a motion and say, based on this new law, mm. in my no, my person in jail no longer, no longer doesn't apply to it. Right. So there's going to be a up big to what, mayor? Up to what? Like whatever charge? Up to uh, any any charge? Any yeah. charge? See? Any charge? Where, gonna, you know what it's going to be like? There's going to be hearings for every. Hey, single let me finish. So so there's going to be uh, a, a purge of 10,000, more than 10,000 people throughout this state getting out of jail all at one time back out into the community. Have you ever seen the, the original Ghostbusters? Yeah. When they shut down the thing that holds all the ghosts and they, and they shoot out, out of the building? Right, exactly That's right. exactly what That's it's exactly going to look like. That's right? going to happen, man. <laughs> now, now judges, judges do have, judges can do holes. They can. They um, can. They, they got to do, do special hearings to do those right. holes. And another layer, basically. Another layer. Exactly right. Uh, you know, this... I'm, I wasn't there. So, you know, there was a group of us, police officers and, and people who had common sense. We fought and beat back a lot of this stuff back in 2015. And they brought it right back. Ah, more with Mayor Richard Irvin when we get returned. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right. Before the break... We were talking to Mayor of Aurora, Richard Irvin, um, about the Safety Act. Um, Mayor, I, 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 I would hope that there's a special session uh, called or, or um, something happens during, um, what's the session when everybody's leaving? Um, lame, lame duck, duck session. Lame duck session. I hope, that, I hope something happens during that to, to, to do something um, about the Safety Act because I, one of the things I think one of the reasons why, Mayor, that you really came out strong was because of the whole law and order. Um, and, and that's the one thing I can tell people um, when it comes to law and order. You, you've always been somebody that believed in law and order. Well, you know, as a, a former prosecutor, as someone who served our country in the military, as a mayor of the second largest city in the state with uh, one of the largest police departments in the state, I, I recognize it's important, you know, to keep, you know, to keep order in, in a city or a state in a community. We need our police. You know, we've got to support them. You know, now not every police department, not every police officer is perfect, and there's going to be mistakes, and we've got to work on that constantly. But the the the, the idea that the police are the bad guy that you know the folks in the far left try to try to folk, try to point out, and how they made the police the bad guy in the in the drafting of this bill, yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. because if you get rid of the police, you're gonna have anarchy. Yeah, let's. I want to go to the phone lines, but before I do, you know, I I, I would always say when I was down there, we, here, here we are trying to remove crimes from criminals, but put but make sure that police officers now become criminals. It, I mean, it, it's it's just it's it's, it's insane the way they think down there, and and, and this safety act was led pretty much by the activists in the communities. Right. That's, that's, that's who crafted and created this bill. Dude, I'm telling you, if we don't stop the leftist progressive surge, scourge that's happening in our state, Illinois is doomed. Doomed. Let's go to Jim from South Elgin. Look at you, Aaron. Jim from South Elgin, also a sponsor of this show. 
And a proud one, as a, as we say, as, as, as a matter of fact. Anyway, it's good to see you guys together again. <clears throat> I've had a lot of conversations with people that are upset by the primary, and you know what? Unless somebody stole money from you or physically hurt you, let's just call it a, the heat of the battle and it's over because we have to be united because you we, we have bigger problems on the menu. So we got to kind of put our personal differences aside yeah. and uh, quit quit bickering. Let's just work together a little bit and, you know, and just try to move things forward. And also, Verlon can testify, I'm, I'm banned on AM820 WDPT. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm the only Republican they let me they let come back into the studio. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I simply called up because, you know, I was offering different views. <clears throat> and uh, Tio Hardiman and Raz Zadiki had a show on Sunday afternoons. It was a pretty good one. And one time after I called, Raz called me and says, you know, I like, them. I like them when you call in because a lot of people call in after that because you're offering a different point of view and they want to argue with it. And he said, that makes for good radio. You know, if it's only the same old tired, you know, one-sided uh, argument, it's kind of dull and boring. What they say about you, Jim, is you play whataboutism instead of engaging on the subject matter of the whole, what, 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 with what the host wants to talk about. That's why, that's well, why they're upset with you. Well, I mean, I maybe with Ricky Hennon, but that's because he can't get a word to Edgewise. <laughs> Who also blocked you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's okay. You know, uh, I don't get paid for doing this, so I don't really care. But, yeah. you know, the thing is, is when you try to engage somebody in a subject and they keep on changing things, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. That's true. But when I called in with, uh, on Raz's show, you know, on their show, you know, I would call in like we're talking about now with, with the Safety Act. All right, so, you know, why, why do people go to India to buy stuff because things are cheaper over there because of taxes? Yeah. You know, and the concern should be if kids can't get an every entry-level job at the corner store because the store isn't there, how does that help them? Yeah. And now you're seeing with this pandemic afterwards, you know, all these young kids are carjacking and stuff like this. I think a lot of it's a direct result of shutting things down. Absolutely. And it's going to get worse. Because so. it's going to embolden criminals because there's no consequence for their actions. That's true. That's right. Thanks well, so much for calling, Jim. Turn things around. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Let's Jim. go to Todd from Marengo. Todd. Yeah. How you doing? Hey, uh, right. good. Good show. Excellent. I was listening. Hey, you. I got a call. I got a call bunk on the Richard Urban thing. Um, He's right here, so. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, every GOP event, you, only, you didn't attend many of them. You never wanted to engage with the public. Uh, when you did show anywhere, you always had your entourage around you, and excuse me, I'm working. <laughs> and they, uh, you would, uh, you wouldn't engage with people one on one, or at least not at those events. Uh, you were trying to run a, a Biden campaign from the base. So, no offense. Uh, but any question? You got a question for him? That's what you were doing. No. Okay. Just a commentary. All right. So Thank like, you so much, Todd. Thanks so much for listening. You know, let me. Thank uh, you so much, not Todd. Not that I'm going to come to uh, the mayor's defense, but I'm coming to the mayor's defense. Right? When you're running a campaign, you're running, like you said, a program. And I was at those events that he's talking about. And I will be honest, I shared very much of the same criticisms that the caller just had. Yeah. But the reason was is because we were sitting in fourth and you were sitting in first. <laughs> of course. And if you're running a disciplined campaign, yeah. you're going to have staff around you. You're going to control the environment because. E- you can lose that environment very quickly. Yeah, you can have somebody that can come in and start disrupting it and, you know, and bad photo ops and have it be bad video, right? So, you know, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of your campaign, and, and, and it's not about not comparing with you. I just 
I would have done it differently. Everybody have. But I will tell you from a person that has been a part of many campaigns that was in a statewide campaign, you ran an incredibly disciplined campaign. And for what is too disciplined, a little too disciplined, right? Because I think the people I said this before. When we were running, if you would have shown people the real Richard Irvin and, and, and opened your heart, and I don't mean that in a cheesy way. If anybody knows me, I'm not cheesy. That I think the result could have been different. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But it would have been a lot different. That over-discipline area where it was didn't offer you a way to show the real you. Well, it, what I'll say is that uh, if, if I did, J.B. Pisco would even put more than $35 million to take me out. <laughs> $100 million. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> I hear you there. Uh, Greg, Jan, David, hold the line. When we get back, we'll take your calls. Uh, unless Aaron Delmar, um, what do you call it? <laughs> the Raging Asian? The Raging Asian. Uh, you listening to Black and Right? We'll be right back. They want my soul better go to Korea. I love my dog just like I'm Peter. Gotta protect the... This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM 560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right. I want to go straight back to the... Oh, you had something for I got go a, I got Real a super, quick, really I got quickly. A, super quick. What's your clearance rate in Aurora when it comes to murder, robbery, but That's rape? not quick. It's a numbers. It's just a numbers question. Everything. Every every area that you spoke up, spoke about has been reduced substantially over the last four or five years. Everything. Yeah. All right. oh, I, I take that back. Rape did go up a little bit over the pandemic. That's because it was being reported more because folk, kids weren't going to school, you yeah. know, abuse and rape. People weren't going to work, things like that. Okay. Yeah. So that went up. But now that everybody's back to work and back to school for the most part, that's gone down substantially as well. But murder has decreased substantially. All right. Here's a question about BLM. Jan from Hoffman Estates. Thanks for holding. Hello, Mr. Ant. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, you have a wonderful voice anyway. Um, I really thank wanted you. to vote for uh, uh, Richard Irvin. But then when he was supporting the BLM bec- uh, group, I mean, I know he stood up supposedly when they went there, supposedly, but then they had him on tape saying that he supported them, and they were a Marxist organization. Yeah. And I really wanted to vote for Irvin because I thought, really, you had the best chance outside of, uh, you know, because I wanted Pritzner out of there, definitely. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that was that was really a big issue for, for me voting for uh, Mr. Irvin. But, you know, why doesn't he, why don't you run for the mayor of Chicago? Because <laughs> we need the policing in there. And, uh, you know, I guess you can still get in. I don't know if you have to have signatures or whatever, but, you know, if you wanted to step up, you've already been a mayor and you can go to a mayor of a bigger city because the city is in shambles. I don't know why anybody thinks it's anything good, but I just wanted to know if that was really true about you because I was really leaning toward voting for you, you know. Well, first of all, I mean, thank you very much. Another thing is, I wanted to be—I wanted to be black. I'm Polish, but <laughs> oh, wow. and, and they won't let me be black. They won't. You can identify uh, as black. You can identify. Now. I cannot be a white person and be black because when I stay one drop room, I, I don't know my mother. My mother's Polish, and she gets like sunburned just walking from the house oh, to the garage, and I get dark as anybody, and it's like. It's like maybe I'm black, you know. I mean, oh I have God. a lot of black really, friends, and, yeah. and but anyway. Well, Jan, can I can I yeah, yeah, answer yeah, your question? Thank you. Go first, ahead. Let me answer the first question about being the mayor of Chicago. Thanks so much, Jan. I appreciate you saying that that you know maybe I should run for mayor of Chicago, but I, I don't. You got to live in Chicago. It doesn't yeah. really work that way. Where I could just run for office where I don't live in, live in the city. Secondly, you know, as far as Black Lives Matter, I, I don't think you've ever, ever, ever 
seen me say that I support the organization Black Lives Matter. Now, do I believe that black people's lives matter? Absolutely. I am African-American myself. For me to say otherwise would be against my own interests. It would be against my family's, my my son's interest, who's 20 years old, driving around, you know, in the streets of of Aurora and throughout, you know, uh, Chicagoland area. And when when, when people focus on, you know, does Richard Irvin uh, care about black lives matter, focus on that. All I care about people. Now, there was a, uh, you know, in, in, in black people's lives in general, and I care about all lives. Matter of fact, I gave, I, gave a, I gave a speech, you know, right before we had our riots. I was trying to calm the rioters down, and I, and I talked about, you know, the fact that what happened to the murder of George Floyd um, was, was a terrible and disgusting thing. And it shouldn't affect people's views of every police department throughout this state because we've done a, we've done. We worked hard in, in Aurora to improve our, our police department and make sure things like that never happen. And I made it clear, standing on that grassy you know, giving that speech, that, you know, I do support black people's lives, but I support every single life, black, white, Latino, Indian, Asian. We all matter. And I don't think we should be separating, you know, uh, groups of people and putting more or less value on their lives than everybody else. Well, this isn't a question. This is a quick fix so you can run for mayor. Buy a home here in, in <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Rahm Emanuel did it, and he was in Washington somewhere. Yeah. But, but, but I, I want to say real quickly, there's a clear distinction between supporting Black Lives Matter, the organization, and supporting, and Valon, you know I've said this on this show many a times, than supporting the, the comment that Black Lives Matter. Black Lives do matter. Um, black Lives Matter, the organization, I can give, give a hill of beans about who they are. Because personally, they are just a, dem- a, a money arm of the Democrat Party, and they have not done one thing in the black community since they've raised over a billion dollars. So miss me with that. You listen to the Black and Right. We'll be right back. Hour three. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Black and White Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. We've had the privilege of having the mayor of Aurora, Richard Irvin, sit in studio for us the last two hours. He's going to, he was only supposed to do two hours. He's going to join us for the third hour. So that's awesome. That means he's having a good time. Having a good time. As he's looking at me, (laughs) also joined by my good friend, the troublemaker, and that that Asian voice you hear, the the raging Asian. Aaron Delmar. Uh, be- before we go into anything, uh, let's clear these calls because there's some people that have been waiting for a very long time. Let's go to David um, from Lansing. David, welcome to Black and White. Thanks so much for holding. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, thanks, gentlemen. Um, I have a quick question for Richard Irving and, and then a follow-up. Go ahead. I assume you'd rather see uh, Bailey governor over Pritzker, right? Well, I'm a Republican. I'm definitely not voting for J.B. Pritzker. Oh. Okay, just wanted to make sure because my next question depends on that. Let's assume you became campaign manager for Bailey and you're on the south side, let's say, 
the Roseland neighborhood, 95th and the Dan Ryan, and you're in a YMCA and you're going to convince 300 young uh, men and women to vote for Bailey, what would be your strategy? <laughs> uh, wow. Ready to say go. Wow. <laughs> you know, just let me tell you what, what my strategy would be if it were me running running for uh, on the south side. You know, to, you got to talk to people and relate to them where they're at. You know, you got to ident- identify what those issues are that are pertinent to the, the folks on the south side, folks in that room, and, you know, and talk to their issues and how you'll be able to address them. You know, south side is going to be crime. You got to talk about, you know, how you're going to address crime and not just say crime is bad. Anybody can say that. You can point it out. You know, that's easy to do. But how are you going to fix the crime? And we know to, you know to address crime, you need economic, you need economic boost. You need development, economic progress. You know, you need to make sure people have jobs and opportunities. You need to make sure that education is good. So you got to work with the schools and the school district, Chicago school district, to make sure that, that those kids get the same educational opportunities, you know, uh, there as they do throughout the rest of the, you know, the north side of Chicago. You know, sure. we've, got, we've got to make sure, you okay. know, that, that, you know, our young kids are off the street in, the, in, in, in positive programs. We've got to speak to the issues that are important to folks on the south side. So what would you say are the top oh, two or th- he, he well? Said, he said he had a follow-up. Hold on. Okay. I thought that was his follow-up. Oh, uh, that was my follow-up, but my strategy would just be to point out that Pritzker's worth $3.4 billion. He's, the, he's in the top 250 of, you know, uh, richest people in the country, yet... Illinois is one of the poorest states. How does that happen? And you know, and then you shaped like an upside down bowling pin. That, that, oh, I kind of took you know a Sean Thompson style there. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, you did. Forgive me. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. And, and I and I'll say this. You know, Thank you, David. Sometimes it. it, it I, and, and you're right. It's it's easy to point out your opponent's uh, failings and what they can't do and who they are and what they represent. But at some point, you got to have an answer of how you're going to personally be able to you know or, or work with your team to be able to address the problems and. In, uh, in that community. Yeah. It's easy to say, you know, Chris is a billionaire and he doesn't have anything, he doesn't relate to us and he doesn't understand what we are, but okay, that's fine. But then what do we do to relate and to address the issue? So going off his question, you know, that you're in the South Side in the YMCA of 300 people, what would you say that are one or two of the strengths of Darren Bailey? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at me well, now. You said strengths? <laughs> strengths. Strikes. You know, strengths. Oh, strength. Uh, I thought you said strikes because I no strengths. Strengths. Well, you know, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet with, uh, with 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 Darren and talk to him and you know talk to him about his faith, talk to him about it, you know his his plan uh, over the next couple of months running running for governor, and just having a one on one with him, you know, he, he comes across as you know a, a caring, you know, uh, nice guy. So you know, I, I think that's a strength. Matter of fact, the first time I ever saw a video video of him when you know i didn't even know who he was and never you know heard his name before just listening to him I mean, he seems like a nice guy so one of his strengths is you know being able to relay you know who who he is and, and talk to people and, and and relate to you know to a person in a one-on-one conversation now do i know he'll be able to relate to all 300 of those people in that room on the south side of chicago <laughs> you know that, that's gonna be up to him you gotta he's work gonna on that figure, accent a little bit right, right? He's, he's gonna have to figure that out and I, um, so I, I, I know I'd be able to. <laughs> you know, I, believe you I don't think the accent is going to be a problem. I really don't. I, and, and you know, I, I know a lot of people compared talk to about the it. list of problems that yeah, he's facing. That right, accent the is accent the smallest one. one, probably. Well, let's go back to the phone lines. Greg from Lagrange, thanks so much for holding. What's your question yeah, for the mayor? It's a fan, it's fantastic get. Thank you. I, I think the the only thing uh, that I regret about Richard Irvin's campaign is that he wasn't aggressive enough in the beginning. He's right here, so. I, I, do, I know. I, do I know. I know. I'm, I'm speaking to him. I just wish 
my my whole thing is that you just you just continue to you know strike hard and early. You're the newcomer in this thing, and I thought I thought you were a little bit uh, held back from what you, especially engaging in formal debates. I agree with you. You go out to you go out to a public appearance and people start screaming questions with you. Inappropriate. You need structure and you need order. But I, that's the only thing I regret because by the time you got in at the end, and I don't care what your views were, I believe people can evolve. I just want to get people's ideas out there. By the time it by the time it came to those last that last debate and, and towards the end of the campaign, it was a feeding frenzy. It was exactly what our political opponents wanted. They got what they wanted. It was a feeding frenzy at the end against you, and it made everything really unpalatable towards the end. I, you know, I believe people can change their opinions on things. I believe politics is a dirty business. I think sound clips can be taken out of context, but I think it's only up to the individual that's running for that job to go out there and slug away from the beginning. Maybe it, I'm not a political guy. I'm not a political uh, strategist at all, but I think if you were to came out hard, early swinging, I think it would have been a different campaign. Now, whether people vote would have voted differently or not, I don't know, but I think it would have made you much more of a, of a, you know, just a household name as opposed to somebody to say, this guy is nothing but a fake. And unfortunately that's the label that stuck. Yeah. I hope, I wish you well. I really wish you well. And I hope that you have uh, a future in politics and I want you to run because I think we need people that have vision and are different from our standard Republican party in this state. And there's one thing, one thing that you are is different. I know you, I know you went with the Durkins and stuff like that. That was also thrown against you, but there's a difference. You've got to break the mold. And I wish you all the best. Well, thank, thank you, you so, very much. Thank you, I, thank you. And I appreciate you ask, asking that question. And then and in the, I think it was the first or, or the second hour, I did say that, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And one of the uh, mistakes that I, I believe I made or something that I change if I, if I did it all over again was to, be out there more, talking to people more, letting people see who I am more, even debating, even uh, debating, debating on the stage more. Because as you point out, uh, uh, Greg, had I, you know, I, I debated a whole lot more. By the time we got to the last debate, it wouldn't have been as much as a freedom frenzy because, you know, most of the information that I, that we talked about would already been out there. Yeah. But again, you know, I, I'm, if I'm leading the pack, so they were going to attack me regardless. If you're, if you're the front runner, you're going to get attacked regardless. Yeah. And had I even come out stronger and, and even been higher in the polls or had a, a stronger poll position, I think J.D. Prisco would have spent just that much more money trying to trying to take trying to take me down. I, I, I agree. But for this thirty-five million dollars, even though you know the you know the far uh, right and the, the the folks you know came out you know against me and spent ten to fifteen million dollars you know attacking me and, and calling me a fake and a fraud and Democrat. I don't think it would have been as effective had J.B. not put in that thirty-five. And, and again, for the to, for the people that fact. are just joining the show. Those those labels and those titles that were brought on you, you 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 addressed that earlier in the show. You got about a minute and thirty seconds to address that again. Of, of I told you how I met you. I was introduced to you by Jim Oberweiss as Republican Richard Irvin from Aurora. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm, that was back in two thousand seven. You know, yeah. I've I've been a well known uh, Republican uh, pers- Republican candidate in in Aurora since since I first ran for mayor in two thousand five. And, and as I said, you know, my great grandfather came to this. Came to uh, was born a slave. Yeah. He came to the state of Illinois, you know, to be in the land of Lincoln. He was a Lincoln Republican. His son, my grandfather, 
um, was was a Republican. He's the one that taught me. You give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You teach him the fish, he eats for a lifetime. I've got Republican principles and values. I was a Republican committeeman, first appointed by my fellow Republicans, then elected, then elected later by my, by my Republicans. My, my background is is Republican. Matter of fact, most of the people that were calling me a, a, a Democrat. Um, no. had known me as Republican <laughs> right. and, and had said out of their but out of their own mouths that it, they knew me as Republican. Fairness, though, in the last 10 years, you haven't been a Republican precinct committeeman because you've been voting in Democratic primaries, and you can't vote in Democratic primaries and be a Republican precinct committeeman. Now, you might have been, you know, 11 years ago or so or 10 years ago or so, but that's not been the last track record. Well, that's because I've been in local politics right. for the last last 10 years as an alderman as mayor, right? you know, which is nonpartisan. It's nonpartisan. Um, listen, guys, when we come back from the break, wanna, I want to talk to you about um, will you support and endorse Darren Bailey? I also want to get into the Trump raid as well. Right. And I want to talk about my cruise that's coming up September 17th, live on Lake Michigan. That's Saturday, September 17th from 12 to 4. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Switch your attitude. Go ahead and level up yourself. This that different latitude. Okay, what nobody say. Yay, that dude. Welcome back. Black and Right Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the mayor of Aurora, Richard Irvin, former gubernatorial candidate uh, for the state of Illinois for the Republican Party, the troublemaker himself, Aaron Delmar, former lieutenant governor candidate. With the Gary Rabine for Governor campaign. Uh, before, before I know you got a question. Before that happens, I want to let everybody know that the boat, uh, cruise. Bl- boat cruise, that's right, that, that's where I'm headed. Uh, live on Lake Michigan with Black and Right. Um, it's going to be held on September 17th from 12 to 4. Tickets are live and on sale. If you go to my Facebook page, you go to 560theanswer.com, you can, and you can purchase tickets. Tickets are $56 per person. So please, we can we can put 120 people on that boat. Let's sell it out. I need sponsors. So if you want to sponsor the show, um, sponsor the show that day, uh, <clears throat> Aaron, <clears throat> Mayor. So I want to officially announce that I'm in for 10 tickets, okay. a minimum. Okay. A minimum. I'm in for a minimum of 10 tickets. We're going to rock that out. I'm going to try to get you 20, but I'm Let's in do for it. 10. I, I appreciate that. Now, um, you had a question? So, all right, here's my question, and it's not a gotcha question, but this is something I've always wanted to ask uh, Mayor Irving. There's no question that you're qualified for the position of running governor from a logistics policy standpoint, the criteria that you yes, But as you know, there were, more than anyone here, there were six candidates, five, six candidates that were running for governor at all different price points, right? And what I mean as far as being yeah. able to fundraise and campaign from Correct. start to finish, right? Would you have run for governor of Illinois Good question. if there wasn't $55 million sitting in the piggy bank knowing that you're going to have it. Because, like, Paul Schiff didn't have that. We didn't have that. A lot of other guys who ran for governor. You had it. You just didn't throw it in there. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Big money. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, um, I'm, you know my ex-wife's listening to this, okay? Oh, Come on. No, 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 so, you know, that, the running, right? I mean, because it takes a lot of guts to run. Yeah. But it's a little bit easier. You're like, well, look, dude, I got 55 million bullets to shoot. Right. That's the question number one. And the backup question is, do you think when you when – you, First came out in the awesome video, Ben-Hur video, talking about the announcement of Richard Irvin's campaign. You also then released a list of like 75 state leaders across the board, right? And I talked to a couple of those leaders, right? And John Anthony was one of them or whatever. It broke my heart. But okay, state wow. leaders coming out. 
Would they? Do you think that they organically would have been behind it if they didn't see the fifty-five million dollars worth of bullets that were behind you? You know, it, it, and I think I can I can answer that a number of ways. The reality is, as you pointed out, it wasn't simply the money. I was qualified based Certainly. on my background, yeah. based on my experience, whether it be uh, being a prosecutor, whether it be alderman, mayor, You're incredibly educated. You know, no exactly question. Exactly right. I'll so, stipulate to that. But let's let's be real. The reality is, there is a billionaire sitting in an office that we had to that, that all of us as Republicans had to at some point meet face to face. It would be a fool's errand to try to beat a guy that has unlimited funds without the support of folks with, that are going to bring high dollars to the table. So without that money, you know, how would you get your message out? How would you get your face out? How would you get you know, your ideas? How would people know who you are? Unless I had two years, you know, like some of my opponents, to ride sure. throughout the state, which Build I did. Base. Exactly right. So I, I came in this thing with you know, not much more than... Six months. Matter of fact, I announced on Dr. King's birthday, um, and the election was uh, June 28th. So six months, six months of this. So no, it, without without that back, without the money to get the get the message out and to show people who I was and that I was qualified and I had this background, I, I think it would have been a fool's errand. And what about the support? I mean, you got you know, and there's a lot of these guys in the uh, you know the. You know, well, you know, and, and, and I, right in the uh, the establishment, right? That are fleeing. And they fleed, you know what I mean, two weeks before the election was over, and they're freaking out now going into the general and, election. And I think the, the support came with my background and who I was as a person and how that would match up against J.B. Prisker. Take the money aside, just sure. background, background, and, and who would be able to, to debate with him about what we need to do on the south side of Chicago in the hood, having right. grown up in, in low-income housing myself. Who would debate with, with him on what we need to do with crime, having been a prosecutor and working with the police department myself? Who would debate with him on what we need to do with education, having you know improved the educational circumstance, economic development, same way. So they looked at me as, as, a, as a candidate with a background, right. given the opportunity that you know head to head that I would be able, I'd be, I'd have an answer to pretty much all, all of his questions, and and all he'd have was I'm a billionaire. Yeah, right. And and, and Mayor, I want to get your take on speaking of you, you mentioned you being a former prosecutor. Um, as you know, the Trump Mar-a-Lago was raided yes, by the FBI. Mm-hmm. Same guy that's been the, the FBI's just been all over him since he's right even before he ran for office. They, you know, he said he made the comment. He, they spat him on campaign. Everybody say, "Oh, you're wrong." He come to find out, he was right. Um, now, when you look at the act of raiding a former president's home, no matter how who's listening, no matter how you feel about president, the president Trump, how dangerous of a precedent is this for future presidents and even? Barack Obama, who now holds 30 million documents that he said he was going to digitize years ago, and he still yet has done that. What precedent does this set for future presidents? Well, let me say this. As a, as a person who was a, a criminal attorney for close to 20 years, prosecutor and defense attorney, it's almost impossible to make an assessment about whether or not there was probable cause in the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States was violated without having more evidence. Right. You know, without the affidavit itself. Now, you know, I know that the courts have released a, a document which was a receipt of those things that were taken from the president's home. That means nothing, nothing without the affidavit which says what a judge, what probable cause a judge determined was there for the um, for the FBI to enter the home and retrieve those documents. So 
in, in any case, when, when, when a criminal charge is, is filed and the defense gets um, the discovery, which includes the police reports, and in this case, an affidavit included with the police reports that shows why the judge gave probable cause, until you get that, it's, it's almost impossible for any lawyer to, to give an opinion as to whether or not it was appropriate. Now, to your question, politically, was appropriate, you know, to, for a, a, a former president's home to be raided, you know, and, and I would say without, I, w- I would say there better be some damn good evidence, yeah. damn good reason in this in this affidavit that they have to to give that information. Was this property, was there a fear that this property was going to be dis- um, destroyed? Was it such, you know, high level, you know, uh, documentation that it's something they needed to go in there and get because they believe it's going to be destroyed, removed, right. or hidden in some kind of way. There's going to be so much information needed to determine if some type of Fourth Amendment violation. Why not go the subpoena okay. route? Why, 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 why this route? Though? Wouldn't, you, you, wouldn't that have been a cleaner process? You know, and maybe in, the, uh, in this affidavit, they might talk about whether or not they tried that process beforehand, whether there was a, a, uh, um, a subpoena process. Uh, route tried or just meetings asking for these. Well, he was well, he was in negotiation. His his team was in negotiation with the National Archives, and yet this FBI still swooped in there, knowing. I mean, and and Mar-a-Lago is considered right a, a a fortress because that's where the president resided prior. You know, while he was in office. I'm sorry, you you got a question? Yeah. Okay. The FBI and the media put it out there like it was so urgent for them to go in there and do this raid because they thought he probably was going to make a deal with. Kim Jong-un or whatever, something <laughs> silly like that. But they waited 18 months, 18 months, and then they waited two and a half months before this election. You really don't think it's political, a political hit job to take the most important piece off the chessboard? What about 33,000 emails from Hillary Clinton? Well, whichever one you want to respond to. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and again, you know, as a lawyer who's practiced a number of times and seen a number of affidavits who made the determination of whether or not the police or the authorities, in this case the FBI, violated the, the Fourth Amendment. Uh, and, I, and I've won a number of hearings, you know, where the uh, authorities, the police or the sheriffs or, or whoever, have violated the Fourth Amendment and the case right. got quashed, meaning all the evidence that they seized was thrown out and there's no case at all. I've won that. But you know, those kind of cases and, and lost those kind of cases as well, because the police did have the appropriate authority based on what the information in the, in the affidavit. It's almost impossible. Now, I, you know, to compare one circumstance, because my clients would, would ask me that all the time. Well, I got a buddy, you know, who, you know, his house was raided, you know, and, and they took all this drugs or guns or whatever. And he got off. How come I can't get off? Well, you can't compare circumstances and situations. Every circumstance and situation you have to look at you know, uh, separately and individually based on the facts. Facts and evidence are key. Yeah. So I, I can't talk to you about the media. The media's going to talk about the media. Wants right. to talk what about I, because of the media because they want to sell quickly, news. Quickly. What I think he meant was the FBI favored Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. You know, and again, yeah. I can't say that because there, there are two different sets of facts and circumstances. So when I'm looking at it, until we get the affidavit, you know, that, that outlines exactly what happened, it's almost impossible for a responsible lawyer to give right. an opinion. Now, the media is going to give an opinion because they're, right. not, they're not lawyers and they're not responsible and they're trying to sell news. Right. And, they and, can't that, and, spark, and that right? affidavit may expose who the person is behind all of Maybe, this, too. Yeah, so yeah. listen to Black and Right. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. And listen, I wish Darren Bailey well as he moves on to the general election. 
the Republican Party must be a party of policies, not personalities. We will discover that civil debate is the cornerstone of a strong republic. Welcome back to Black and Right. That voice you heard is none other than my guest today, the mayor of Aurora, Richard Irving. You hear that passion? That's the passion that I was talking about that I, you didn't really hear during the campaign. That was, that's the Richard Irving I knew. Verlon, every time I was coming on the show, that's, and I would talk about Richard Irving. That was the Richard Irving I've seen speak at events. A very passionate person. I felt, it, it almost felt like you just became unhooked from, uh, from, from the, what's the Matrix thing? <laughs> from the Matrix, right? <laughs> you, from the Matrix. You came out of the Matrix and you were like, look at it, look, this is me. And I don't care. I'm going to come hard. So, I, you know, as you know, there's a very public argument over the future of the GOP. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only here in Illinois, but, uh, you know, nationwide. Do you think there's, um, I'm at, there's two questions I'm going to pose. Do you think there's common ground that can be achieved between the more conservative base and the more moderate wing of our parties? And the next question that I, with that said, will you be endorsing Darren Bailey for governor? Let me answer that first question and, and tell you exactly what I said at an event that I was at um, just a couple uh, this, this past week with Darren Bailey. As a matter of fact, Darren, you were there, I was there. there as well. <laughs> and I said, look, you know, if, if we're going to talk about unity in the Republican Party, we've got to be real with ourselves. We've got to recognize that we're not in a red state. We're not in a perp- even in a purple state. We're in a blue state. The only way that Republicans are going to win statewide is if we get Republicans Independence and Democrat crossover on board with us. And the only way that's going to happen is not talking about ideology, but talking about common sense, conservative Republican policy. Because I think folks throughout the state, especially on the Democratic side, especially in Chicago, are disillusioned with the Democratic Party making these promises. And yet we still see these high taxes. Yet we still see all these murders happening in Chicago and throughout the state, Peoria and Rockford, every single, every single weekend. Yet we still see the corruption. Yeah, and, and this is happening with with um, a uh, supermajority Democratic Party and a, and a Democratic, Democratic governor. So the only way we're going to win as Republicans is to recognize that we're going to have to stop playing, having this purity test for for our candidates where, you know, we pick in these folks that agree with us 100 percent on every single issue and pick those people that can actually win throughout the entire state. Ronald Reagan said, Ronald Reagan said that if a person if you agree with a person 80% of the time, that's your friend. That's true. Phil Buckley said if you agree with him a 7 out of 10. Oh, let him finish. Let him finish. I thought he was done. No, he, oh. will you endorse Dan so, Bailey for so, and and I, I was in, in invited to that uni event by uh, uh, the leadership in in the uh, Republican Party, Don Tracy. And uh, it was put on by the Bailey campaign. And I, and I went, you know, as I was the only, my team, the Irvin Bourne campaign, campaign was the only team that, that pledged, that signed a unity pledge, saying that when, when it was, that when this election is over, regardless who wins, you know, we're going to try to unify as Republican Party. I had a meeting a, a, about two weeks ago with, with Darren Bailey, talking about, you know, my potential support for him. And I Asked him a number of hard questions. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I won't tell you the question. What we talked about it was a, you know, it was a, a conversation, personal conversation he and I had. And I told him there was a number of issues that that you know I would need him to address. Things that he said, things you know that he suggested and, and done, you know that I think would negatively affect him as as uh, to try to gain victory uh, in in November. And I and I said I, I need you to 
address those things. And I think he heard me. I felt I felt like he heard me and, underst- and understood me. And I expect that you know he and I will follow up to see if he's able to address those things. And you know we'll talk we'll talk about it there. So there will be no I'm endorsing Darren Bailey on the black and right show today. I said I plan we plan on plan on talking again to see if he can address those issues. Okay, I want to go back to what you said. Yes, sir. Right before. The endorsement of Darren yes, Bailey. I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question. And, and let me and let me just say this. Let me let me say this thing. But before you ask that question, brother, mm-hmm. let us be clear. Mm-hmm. I am not voting for JB. I'm a Republican. No, no, no. I'm voting for Republicans. I'm not voting for JB. No, no, no nothing like that. Right, but that's I, like that's like I, Ted I, Cruz I, saying I, that he's getting you know vote your yeah. vote your conscience. I'm not going to endorse Trump at the 2016 convention because I was there. But he's not you know. And, I, and again, I'm not going to push you on the same subject. But I, if you say that you're not going to vote for JB. The only other person is going to be Darren Bailey. I'm voting for Republicans, bro. Oh, okay. Libertarian. Okay. Uh, I hear you when you talk about policy. Yes, sir. And I heard you when you talked about Ronald Reagan. Yes, sir. When I started to talk about Bill Buckley, when he says, if you agree seven out of ten, you're mm-hmm. Republican enough. Yes. We are in a new era now where the Democrats are attacking us at a core level when they talk about gender equality. Your son doesn't know they're a, 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 a boy or a girl until they get old enough. Um, teachers teaching your kid that they have no gender until they decide. Uh, Quickly. Uh, blockers and everything else that's going on with, you know, th- th- your kid don't even have to tell you anything. You know, what about that? The, the push of the left taking over our kids? You know, I, I, think, I think those are those are terrible issues and what we've got to do as a Republican Party is be stronger and smarter than that and get folks focused back on what's important to the average everyday person and what's you know what's going to affect our ability to kitchen table issues yeah, exactly buy gas buy food you know take care of your kids educate your kids those are the important things man don't let them throw us off what we know our conservative values and policies are that are going to help make help us to win yeah. they're trying to throw us off our game yeah well don't we, allow it man when we come back what I want to know next what comes next in the life of Richard Irvin What's next for Mayor Richard Irvin? You're listening to Black and Right. Hold the line. We'll take your calls as well. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Maybe I'm foolish. Welcome back Maybe I'm to Black and Right on AM560. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. So happy to have Mayor of Aurora, Richard Irvin, in the studio, along with the Troublemaker and Aaron Del Mar. Before, before, we, before we, we continue, I want to clear some of these calls because we've, we've had a lot of people holding. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for your patience. Let's go to Suzanne from Midway. Suzanne. Thank you for calling. Hi. Hi. I was just asking um, your call responder, why can't Richard just move to Cook County and run against um, Kim Fox? Uh-oh. He's such a terrible detriment ooh, to our ooh, county. Ooh. Is it two years Two years prior you got to hey, be there? You know As what a I mean? resident? Cook one County? Year, one year. O'Brien. Oh, yeah. O'Brien, O'Brien took her in the suburban Cook. Yeah. Uh-oh. You know? I, I smell something brewing. <laughs> you heard it here first. Right. Richard Irvin, thank you so much for calling. I don't live in Cookout. Well, you heard it here first. Rich, you, know, you can move to That's like Cook asking County. somebody to play for the Bulls going out to play for the University of uh, Kansas. Oh, uh, this uh, Here's your buddy, Mike from the North Side. Uh-oh. Mike, you there? Thanks for holding. Yes, I yes, I want to talk to you city slickers. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> who were real brave after I hung up, criticized me, your uh, male call taker last week, uh, made fun of what I said, and he said, 
that I shouldn't like guys like Mitch McConnell because he's the status quo. <laughs> Mitch McConnell saved the Supreme Court for us. I agree. Okay? That's the only thing. So I think your whole station owes an apology, not to me, but to Uncle Mitch. And I wanted to say, anyone that doesn't vote for Bailey ought to be beaten. Because look who <laughs> oh, you how, do you, how do you really feel? <laughs> but listen, who, who are the Democrats putting up? Right. B.J. Pritzker, whatever his name is, he's hey, the guy, he's the, leader of the, he's the leader of the shady bunch. They empower criminals, they fight the police, they close schools, they close churches, they bankrupted businesses, they kill babies, and they want to give uh, sex change medicine to your children. Thank you. Yeah, I don't true. want those people in my state, let alone running it. Mm. All right. Thanks so much, Mike, from the north side. Let's go to uh, Man on the Street. Mark, what's going on, buddy? Uh-oh. Hey, it's it's Mark Wiremore. I'm up in Milwaukee oh, Mark. today. Where is Mark Willemeyer? Yeah, where are you at today, Milwaukee? Yeah. I'm up in Milwaukee at a volleyball tournament. Of course, yes. Uh, but I uh, I got a quick report. I, yesterday, I spent the day with Stephanie Trussell and her crew at Wrigley. We talked to hundreds of voters, and people are very disgusted with J.B. Pritzker, so it was a great outing for us. Yeah. So, And I got one other quick thing. Yesterday, uh, yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the funeral of Ella French, Chicago police officer, yeah. shot and killed well, one yeah. year of, uh, last year. So just want to give some thoughts out for her. So thanks for having me on. That's the man on the street report from Milwaukee, Mark Wiremore. Hey, right. hey, hey, Mark, I heard what Sean said. You're not his man on the street, but guess what? You're our man on the street. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honored to be on there, and I'm going to have a word with Sean next time I see him. <laughs> All right, Mark. Thank you so much. Uh, I got one here on the tech. I got text on this one from Uh a man coming out of Palatine, Illinois. um, AJ, he uh, he wanted to know for uh, from uh, Mayor Irvin. You know, going back to the election, you know, at as it was kind of the things were going closer and closer to election day. At what point did you kind of realize that the tide was turning and you weren't kind of leading the race? And what did that look like? That's a good question, man. I, I would say probably about. I had a gut feeling probably about, you know, a month out when all these commercials came out. It was just too much piled on. Yeah. I said, you know, it's like a dam with, with you know, uh, it, the strong river pushing against it, you know. And no matter how strong that dam was, if, if that water comes and it, you know, keeps sweeping at you. And you know, I, I had so much money being thrown at me, so much negativity. I'm like, there's no way I could sustain this. And then, you know, the, the new polls started, started to show it. So I, I felt it. You know, I, I will give you credit on this. I mean, you had a tremendous amount of, uh, uh, you know, your, the, your constitution for this, your physical constitution and keeping it, comp- your composure more than all was, was incredible. Because think about that, $100 million of pressure yeah. and, and you didn't crack on TV. You didn't crack. You know what I mean? I, I got to give you a lot of props for that. I mean, Thank under you. that tremendous amount of pressure, I don't know if I could have held but it. But I, I grew up that. in the hood, brother. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've so, had more pressure than that. Right. I mean, we had to live every day. And, and you took fire. You know what I mean? You took a lot of fire, not only, you know, when you served, but in this one. So yeah. I congratulate you on that composure. All right. Let's go back to the phone line. Stu from Chicago. Welcome to Black and Right. Stu, you there? Yeah. What's up? Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, brother, I'm blessed by the best, my friend. Amen. Look, man, the Bible says you are known by the fruits that you bear. Okay. How can someone not decipher and see that this man is a fraud? It's Richard Irving. Okay. Wow. I don't get it. 
I thought he was talking about me for a second. <laughs> you know? No, sir. Well, explain. Well, right, I, I, I think he's been. I think hey, look, he, look, look, wait, look. wait, hold on, please, Stu. Hold on, hold on. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Now, now ahead. he he's been kind enough to come on, and he's he's taken every question. I think he tried to exp- explain explain why he's not a fraud. Were you listening to the show from the beginning? Well, not from the beginning. I was, I was jumping in and out of my car. Yeah, here's but what I, I would do. Here's what I do. If you go to Five Sixty Answer, download the podcast, and um, listen to the show. And then call back next week if you still feel that same way about him. Real, real quick, real yeah, quick. I, I heard everything I needed to hear about on the show, on the radio and everything, and watch the listen to his campaign and all this other stuff. This man called J.B. Prisker a good person. Okay. J.B. Prisker. I have, the good Lord has blessed me with three beautiful little girls. 13 years old. These girls can get an abortion without me knowing? Yeah. I got a problem. I think he was against that. I know that for a fact. He actually said that. I said it all the time. I, I, I thousand times I've heard the man say that. I understand your show, sir. I yeah. understand it's your show. So, no, no, no. I'm, I'm listening, man, okay. I'm listening, Stu. That, that man says that J.B. Pritzker is a good person, and J.B. Pritzker is allowing little kids to be taught that boys can be girls. Yeah. Hurry up. You're we got to go to break. Hurry up. Of your labor, Hurry my up. friend. Thank you so much. Hey, Stu, uh, thanks so much for listening. Jesus Christ is the only way. Through salvation. Amen. I believe that. that. All right. Call back again, Stu. Uh, you listening to Black I want you to address that when we get back, man. Oh, sure. um, we'll be right back. Let's get to him, baby girl. Hey. That's right. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right. I want to get right into it because I don't want to waste time because this, this is our last segment. So, Mayor, there's a, there's a couple questions I have, right? Yeah. Um, I want to know. I want you to address what you know if you want to. You don't have to. Uh, what Stu had to say. Uh, I want you. I want to know what's next in the life of Richard Irvin and what's going to happen with that uh, nice little nest egg of, that you got in there. What, what are you going to do? That you're going to support <laughs> candidates? You're going to make a pack or what? Ooh, that's three. Well, you know, let me just let me just say, as far as uh, was it Stu yeah. that uh, that that had that question? He said I was said I was a fraud. Well, I, clearly, as he said, he was getting out of the car. He hadn't been listening to the whole show because I think I, I addressed that. You know, as mayor of the second largest city in the state, you know, often I have events and things going on in the city of Aurora, and the the governor would come to those before Pritzker Rauner would come to Aurora. I wouldn't go to them; they'd come to me. Rauner came to Aurora whenever I had things going on, whether it was putting on a events to get folks vaccinated that wanted to get vaccinated, whether, you know, it was um, working to expand our, our IT network uh, in the uh, in, in the city of Aurora, our uh, fiber optic network. He wanted to come be involved in that. And he came to be involved in a, num- a number of things we had going on. And when I'd step on the stage and introduce him, you know, I'd introduce him as the governor. Now, do I uh, agree with his policy? Absolutely not. Otherwise, I wouldn't have ran against him. Right. But does that mean I can't treat him civilly? You know, like like the governor, like the like the position he holds. You know, I mean, the reality is we've got to work with these people that are in office, even if we don't agree with their policy. But when we have the opportunity, if we don't like their policy, we should remove them from office, which is what I tried to do. I don't like, you know, J.B. Prisker's uh, policy and his background and what he stands for. But I'm going to treat him with respect as the governor. Absolutely. Why don't you tell people all about his position on that? Wait, time out. There was two questions. Wait, time out. There were two questions. There were two Two other questions. Yeah, he said, what's, what's next, next in the life of Richard Irvin and the nest egg? Um, the, what's, what's next in the life of Richard Irvin? Well, I got two and a half years left on, US on, my, on, my, term, <laughs> on my term as on my term as mayor. And, and what I'm planning on doing over the next two and a half years is paint, continuing to paint Aurora Fantastic. We've got some large projects. I mean, hundreds of million, multi-million dollar projects coming through that are going to change the face of Aurora for generations. 
you know, things that have haven't happened in Aurora for, you know, over 60, 70 years, we're going to change it. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing in, in the city, and I'm looking forward to building Aurora so strong that it'll never, ever fall again. You know, uh, and there'll never be a question of, of who we are and, and where we stand in the state of Illinois and in our, in our position as the second largest city. Um, you know, as far as, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> money that, that might be left in the in the campaign, department, let's see, you know, let's uh, see what we do you yeah. know, do in the future. OK, I got a proposal for you. Go ahead. Brother. Since uh, Tammy Dirk was up now, you're not a part of that. Yep. It, it, whoever wins will be senator for six years. Mm-hmm. You got two and a half years to go for, for mayor. Dick Durbin's up or empty seat, whatever. Run again? Uh, will you think about running for that seat as senator? <laughs> well, I, that was, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't <laughs> really have posed quick, it as a question. Wait, really quickly, because I want to get Mitchell in for, at the end. Go. Yes, sir. Yeah, w- well, yeah, I, you know, look, uh, as I said, for the next two and a half years, I want to focus on okay. doing a good job as mayor. But I appreciate you, <laughs> yeah. you saying, man. Hey, you know, hey, let's, let's, let's go to Mitchell real quick. <laughs> Mitchell, Daddy-O, really quickly, you got 40 seconds. Okay, first of all, the FBI... When they were under COINTELPRO, which was started in 1956, it gives them un, what I call unlimited ability to do whatever they want. Okay? They got nothing on January 6th. They tried to tell you that Russia had something to do with the election, which was false. It was all about Hillary Clinton, okay, who did that. And by the way, when it comes to manufacturing consent, the, the Democratic and the radical Democrats do the, the best job of doing this. So the fact of the matter is it's a giant ruse, okay? And the bottom line is this. If you don't stand up and you go point out all these idiots that are in office, this is what we have. We have a state that is basically what I call the barbarians, the barbarians are running at the gate. And I hope at some point that we can get this right. Have a great day, Daddy-O. Daddy-O, take See care, Mitchell. See you later, Mitchell. Um, Mayor Irvin, thank you so much for coming out. Man, it's been my pleasure. Spending all three hours with us. I look forward um, to coming back again, man. I would hope that the listeners enjoyed the show today. Delmar, thank you so much. Troublemaker. Thank you guys uh, My YouTube crowd Thank you guys so much You guys are always the best uh, Pistol Pete You're the man You did everything well You made the show run smooth Pistol Pete Appreciate Pistol it Pistol Pete yeah, Good looking out everybody Alright Boat show Go get it Three star general Michael J. Flynn Head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency Knew all the government's Dirty secrets He was one of the most Respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the Intel world had been up to He understood its funding He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.